Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Here's your host, Michael Ball. And away we go with uh, another edition of the Sports Cage after a Riders' second loss and a horrible loss at that to the Edmonton Elks. It was an exciting game, but the more I think about it and the more it marinates, I just like, that's terrible. I can't get the taste out of my mouth. That's a terrible loss. I give Edmonton credit. But, I mean, I don't know. I looked at the stats after that game, Zinger. By the way, I'm Michael Ball at Sean Kleisinger. I looked at the stats after that game, and I was like, the stats don't line up with what I thought Trey Ford did. Like he what he had 173 yards passing. He had 70 yards rushing. Those aren't otherworldly. Kevin Brown was outstanding though. Our defense. Yeah. I cursed them. I said they were a championship defense. They've got absolutely pummeled the last two weeks. It was just a disappointing effort all around. Yeah, it was bad. Well, the, it, the effort was good for the first uh, all I three quarters in a bit. All I care about is the outcome. Yeah, wasn't good. Disappointing outcome, wasn't I should good. say. Wasn't good. Um, Gotta beat the Elks. We said about a week ago this was a nothing burger, but it turned out to be an everything burger. Mike Babcock resigning yesterday as coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Initially, the league and the PA were like, okay, well, uh, if Boone Jenner says it's okay to check phones and Johnny Goudreau says it's okay to check phones, uh, we didn't do anything nefarious. It'll be okay. But the, the, the deeper they dug... Apparently, there was a lot of younger guys that weren't happy with him going into their phones, or I don't know if he went into their phones, but asked to see their phones, and apparently projected stuff on a big screen oh. or something like that. So I, here, here's the thing. Um, I think it's a, if I dare say, and I don't have any details, it's a little from column A that there's, it's a soft world now. It's a really soft world. Athletes are soft, okay? The world has changed. But it's also, because of that, a little from column B. Mike Babcock, your your um, your ways don't work anymore. You have to adapt or die. That's what we always say in any business. you got to adapt or die. And when you were called out on the carpet after your Leaf days and basically kicked out of the NHL, you go back into the league... <laughs> you go back into the league, and that's the first thing you do. And who at the you would think there's some sort of okay? So I'm I'm you've hired me back, okay? You've hired me back. You think there's some there should be some checks and balances before I go do this with the players. You don't think I would go to Kakalainen, the GM? So I'd go to Sean Kleisinger, the GM of the Blue Jackets, and say, "Listen, Sean, I got this great idea. I'm gonna I'm gonna get in touch with my players more. Here's what I'm gonna do. Would you not, as the GM or John Davidson, the higher up, say uh, that's probably not." a good move, Mike? No, I don't think we should do that. Yeah? But nobody did that. 
Why even bother dipping your toes in the waters? Just the stupid. waters of controversy. How, clo- like, how clueless are some people? I don't know. That's what it comes down to. Whether it's a good I, point on how like the times are changing, and he's just not willing to change. Well, and why? And why? And and whether I totally agree with it or not, whether I think he got canceled by a c- couple of loudmouth buffoons in B- uh, Bisonet and Ryan Whitney, it's neither here nor there. That guy, you got to have more self awareness. Mike Babcock has no no self awareness. Your your ways don't work anymore. You have to adapt, and you said all along you learned and you adapt. What I'm you, you're clueless and you didn't adapt that's what it comes down to and you're gone and the blue jackets look terrible they handle this just terribly i don't i think it's safe to say that babcock will never be in the nhl again will joel quinville ever be in the nhl again how about this for you this is a guy that never even made it to training camp how about daryl sutter he signed a two-year extension and never got a chance to get to that extension because what is he he's an old school coach that yells and gets mad at people that worked back when he played and that worked in the 90s or even the mid 2000s it's not working anymore yeah by babcock maybe uh university of saskatchewan no he's done he's done he's done i i would suspect he got i don't know this but i would suspect he got a little bit of money to go away and he'll just go to his lake in saskatchewan or do whatever and he's done and coaches like him will be uh the way the dodo bird you can't yell at them anymore those days are done can't hurt their feelings no you're not allowed to and, and hey I think it's a little, after looking at it, Zinger, I ain't sticking up for him. It's a little bit strange to want to go into somebody's phone. Like, and how did that work? Did he grab your phone? Did you get to show him certain photos? Like, we don't know what happened, but obviously the younger guys weren't comfortable with it, and everybody should feel comfortable at work. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to downplay what he did, but we do have a soft society now. It's it's a pretty soft society. It, It really is. But anyway, we move on. Rams and the Thunder. Both win. Thunder, um, Thunder are now four and one. They beat the Rifles twenty three to eleven. We'll get into the Rams in a little bit here with your uh, Rams rewind and get your thoughts in depth. But the Rams win twenty three fifteen. They had uh, another injury situation, almost kind of mimicking the Riders. They're onto their third quarterback, but Sieben comes off the bench and does well. We'll get into that with uh, Sean Kleisinger. A little later on. One of my favorite football games to watch on the weekend was that Colorado-Colorado State game because the Colorado State reminds me of the Rams, and I can't stand Deion Sanders. I think think he's the biggest phony in in football, and... uh, it's all about him. It's all about him. And he, he says it's not about him, but it's absolutely all about him. The way he talks to media, the way he talks to other coaches. Uh, did you see that cheap shot by that, uh, I think it was Henry Blackman, the safety of the Colorado State Rams, smoked that Travis Hunter, who's that otherworldly player, lacerated liver. But uh, that was a great football game. That was exciting. Went to overtime. Yeah, it's, Colorado State was oh so close. They were winning like the whole game, it seemed like. And I tuned in to the fourth quarter, and they just let it slip through their fingers. Now, there was, oh. now you and I are going to uh, get into uh, the NFL talk with a pick six, but I was very impressed with you. I First of all, we're both learning. That's where I'm going with this. It's okay to learn. So I watched the Chargers game. Okay, from the I went to the gym. I missed the first quarter. Uh, I watched the Chargers game, and this is hilarious. You've got a team that threw for over 300 yards. Okay. They threw for over 300 yards. They uh, 
got five quarterback sacks and kept Derrick Henry to under 100 yards rushing and still lost 27-24 in overtime. But you know what I did, Zinger? It went to overtime, and I'm like, I'm not watching this. They're going to lose. They'll find a way to lose, and I'll be mad for the rest of the day. So I learned, and I went and cleaned my shed, looked at my phone 15 minutes later, saw they lost, and went, <laughs> good job, ballsy. Good job. Wow, that's a, that's a big step and right I'm, there. And I'm happy for you. You are usually a big-time powder. You're a pissy fan, and you texted me and goes, I can't say what exactly you said, but you go, I'm shutting my phone off for the rest of the day. Talk to you tomorrow. And then you got a hold of me about 90 minutes later, and you said, I'm done sulking, Balsy. Good for you. Good for you. You know what changes that? Having a two-year-old son. It does. Do you know why? Because me, Liddy, and Caspi went out to the store right after the yeah. Packers blew the game versus yeah. Atlanta, and it kind of just cleared my mind a bit. If this was the old me, I would be... You know, calling in sick from work. That's crazy. That's a little over the top, but I will tell you this. I am just telling the truth. I will tell you this, Zinger. This is the honest-to-God truth, and I'm not going into it too deeply, but I will tell you that fans, and we're fans of NFL teams, care more about the game than the players do. Than a lot of the players do. I would say 40% of players on pro football teams, once the game's done, they forget about the game until the next day when they have film. They're, they're, they're eating their supper, they're whatever, they're not even thinking about it where we're stewing and not talking. So good on you, Zinger. Yeah. Good on I you. I don't feel very good today though. I'm going to close this window on the, I'm, I'm looking at the score right now. Like, yeah. I don't want to, yeah. do we have to talk about the Packer game? Oh, we'll ta- no, we're not talking about that anymore. Uh, we'll talk about the Chargers though and some other things in our Matt picks. Matt LaFleur needs to, you know, fix the way that he calls a game. Really? Yeah, because in the fourth quarter, the Packers had the lead, and, you know, he went all conservative and just started calling run plays. Well, of course, in a perfect world, you can milk the clock and run the ball all the way down the field, but... A perfect world doesn't happen very often. There so, is like, no such thing as a perfect world. So throw the football. He basically just had, and he didn't challenge a, a play. AJ Dillon was short short of the line to gain. Yeah. He didn't challenge it. It's like he totally packed it in in the fourth quarter, and his players followed suit, and we lost the game. Good job, Matt Lafleur. <laughs> okay, now I got him going, folks. Uh, okay, before we go to break here, uh, here's we do this every time after a Ryder game. Here's how that one sounded. Yuck. Coming to catch it on the near side hash and running to his right across the 30, 35, 40, speed burst, 45, 50. He's on the run. He cuts outside. And Mario Alford out of bounds on the Edmonton sideline. Snap stands Paul. He's going up top. Down the seam for Emelis. He's got it. And oh, he dropped the foot. Oh, it was picked off. It got picked off. You're right, Luke. I thought Emelis had it. But it's being brought back down the right side by Marcus Lewis. Ford. Setting up a screen underneath, and that was picked off! It was picked off! As it went off the hands of Kevin Brown, right into C.J. Revis's mitts. Here's Dolagala with the blitz on. He's going to throw it to the end zone. It's caught! Touchdown! Saskatchewan! Sean Bain Jr. Here's Cornelius keeping. No, he's going to backpedal. He's going to throw to the end zone, and it's caught. The tumbling catch by A.C. Leonard. That's the second time they've done that. Dolagala looking short side left. He's going to throw down the sideline. It's caught. It's a touchdown. Tevin Jones. Ford pulls. He's going to roll to his right. Outruns the blitz. 
and he's going to get outside the numbers, running away from everybody, and he steps out of bounds on the sidelines. What an athlete Trey Ford is. Bouncing it right side. His crowd outside the numbers. 20, wow. 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. Forget it. Touchdown. <laughs> what a run by Kevin Brown. To the right. Now he's going to drop back the pass. Oh, he's going to hurl it. He's got a man open. In behind everybody. It's Morrow. 30, 20, 15, and he's tackled. Second down there for the go. 12. A slam route. Caught for the touchdown. Sean Bain Jr. Touchdown. Saskatchewan! Trey Ford takes the shotgun snap, backpedals, pirouettes to the left, dodges the rush, now he's going to come back to the right, surveying, looking, throwing, wide open, touchdown! My lord. Gino Lewis! Here's the other four, Trey Ford going right, down the sideline for Gino Lewis! Did he make that catch? Yeah, of course Oh he my goodness, he made that in double coverage. Trey Ford looking right, looking left. He's going to take off straight up the middle. He's in for the touchdown. They're going to take one more knee and win this football game 36-27. to Saskatchewan's best coverage of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders is on the sports cage. Right here on the mighty 620 CKRM. Well, just before we get uh, our post-game comments from our defensive game star, C.J. Rivas, Singer and I, Luke, we all are in agreement. What a great football player. Let's head out on the Western Pizza hotline. Get it hot, get it fast at Western Pizza. Our friend Terry Kazis from CAA Travel. It's the CAA second annual ultimate sports trip in conjunction with the Sports Cage. Terry, welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's awesome. Hey, the Miami Dolphins are, uh, I picked them to win the uh, AFC East. Zinger, you can attest to that. And uh, <laughs> first week, they just rolled over my Chargers, couldn't be stopped with the pass. And then yesterday, they used the run to slam around Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. They get a, it's going to be a good game on Monday Night Football there when we take the listeners down. It's Miami and Tennessee. But tell us about the whole trip here. Tell us about the whole trip. Sure. Yeah, I'm excited about all of it and you joining us again. So, yeah, second uh, annual Ultimate Sports Trip, uh, joining uh, yourself and me. Uh, Miami, December 5th to the 12th, 23, round-trip air from either Regina or Saskatoon. Transportation, you know, from the airport, hotel, the games, staying seven nights in Deerfield Beach. You can, you know, it's such a great place to be with the boardwalk there and everything. You can even go fishing from the pier. Nice. They set you up there if you want to do that. We have daily breakfast included. Uh, for the Dallas Stars Panthers game, we have a nice special section for all of our guests uh, where your food and your beverages are going to be included. Uh, then we have the Penguins and the Panthers, and then, of course, Monday Night Football with the Titans and uh, Dolphins. Awesome. So uh, this is going fast. How many seats do we have left? We have nine seats left, so get them while they're hot. All right. It's twenty seven ninety nine based on double occupancy, and that covers per person, and that covers everything that Terry mentioned there from the 5th to the 12th. And, and your taxes. And your yeah. taxes, too, from sunny Miami, Florida. If they want to get a hold of you because it's going fast, how do they do it? 
Well, they can come into any one of our branches. They can give us a call or they can uh, shoot me an email, terry.casas at caa sk.ca all right uh, can shoot you a text too michael yeah. and you know how to get them to me yeah absolutely they can get me uh I, i'll give mine out later but they can always get a hold of me anywhere at the real ballsy on twitter is a good way to do it instagram the same way and you can always email me mball at harvardmedia.com thanks for your time man i appreciate it terry Thanks a lot. Take care, man. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, absolutely. Terry Kazas, also a big Rough Rider fan. And with that in mind, let's go back to after the game. C.J. Rivas had an interception in the game. He's really become a Swiss Army knife for this Riders defense. On defense, our defensive game star right here, C.J. Rivas, can do that. This guy's outstanding. He's an outstanding. This guy has been one of the most productive Riders. With what they've given him, it's been outstanding. He's an outstanding football player. He joins us downstairs. Welcome to the show, Mr. Rivas. Hey, how you doing? Good, man. Your thoughts on this tough loss? Man, you know, it's always uh, tough when you lose a home game. Obviously, a team that we should beat, you know, a team that we know we can beat. Uh, defense got to just play better, man, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, what, what's going on, CJ? I had said uh, after the Labor Day game, because you had beat BC and you had beat Winnipeg, that you guys were a championship defense. Now, you knew you were going into a hornet's nest there in Winnipeg. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> would you say this game's kind of inexcusable, giving up these many points on home turf? 100%. I think uh, everybody uh, should look at the film with a critical eye. You know, uh, every person, myself included, you know, uh, I think we should all just get together and just got to figure out. We got to figure out how to stop the run, man. Yeah, so talk about defending Trey Ford. What, how tough is that, my friend? Uh, it's tough, man. You know, we got to keep him in the pocket. Uh, he's a runner. He's a, a really athletic guy. So, you know, he's a, a triple threat, you know. So it's hard, you know, uh, <clears throat> when we're man coverage, you know, our backs are turned to him. So uh, it's just it's, just, it's tough. It's always tough when you got a running quarterback, you know, who can uh, extend play with, 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 with his legs. So we just got to have a gap integrity defense and just play into everybody. just got to do our job to keep him in the pocket. Yeah, talk about the touchdown pass to Geno Lewis. I know that wasn't on you. He got in behind Nick Marshall did Geno Lewis. But, I mean, that kid kept the play alive, and you guys kind of got mesmerized by him there. Yeah, you know, like I said, uh, any any QB who can extend the pocket and extend plays like that is a tough uh, task for a defense. So, you know, we just got to be better <coughs> as a whole. You know, Luke Mullender, uh, my color commentator here, played against uh, Antoine Randall-L, and he said they were in college, and they were and they were – chasing chickens and doing all this stuff during <laughs> practice, the, the you know, this option play. And on the very first play in college, he busted for 76 yards and a touchdown. And Luke said, sometimes you don't know what you're getting into till you're actually in the middle of it. And is that the case with Trey Ford when you see him on film and stuff, but until you actually play him and are in the line of fire, you don't know what you're getting into? No, I think we knew what we were getting into. I think we uh, had a good plan, I feel like, for the whole week. We knew he was going to extend play with his legs. We knew... Uh, whenever his first read wasn't there, he's was gonna uh, take off and run. So I think we just we just didn't lock in and do our jobs, to be honest. Yeah. Okay. And so talk about your interception. It was a a backside screen to Kevin Brown, and you uh, you read that one. It was a high pass. Great job, because you gotta have a good hand-eye coordination there, because it bounced off the receiver's hands. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well. Yeah. They uh, showed four strong on that play, and uh, I knew when they ran four strong uh, formation, it was a lot of screen play. So I just caught off screen, and then when they ran screen, I had to just make the play. Uh, you know, you guys lost four defenders in the first half. And I, you know, I played in the league for nine years, and I've never seen that before. Yeah. Talk about how that affected the mentality of you guys. Did it at all? Like, did you have to do something a little bit more to, to, to balance things out? Talk about the approach. 
Uh, honestly, I didn't even realize we were uh, losing guys that fast when the game is just flowing, you know. But uh, I think it's just next man up mentality. Uh, whoever comes in next just got to be able to uh, do the job as, as well as the guy in front of him. I talked to you at training camp. I remember you said, I said, what, what about this game uh, kind of raised your eyebrows? You said, you got to run, man. You got to be able to run in this league. Mm -hmm. how, how are you liking it? You're, you're a Swiss Army knife. They can play at safety. They can play it down on the box. We really love watching you play. I appreciate that, man. Uh, I'm liking it, but it's definitely, it's definitely a lot of running in the CFL, like I said. <laughs> Exciting league, though. Are you enjoying your time up here? Yeah, man. I'm, I definitely am. I love it here in SAS. I appreciate the opportunity, you know what I'm saying, giving to play ball. That's all I want to do is play ball. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful to be here. You know, we talked to Sean Bain here. We talked about, hey, listen, the team has dropped the last three road games you guys have played in. And, and, and we said, hey, you know, Sean, what, is there anything that you need to adjust? Like, is there something that needs to be done, you know, during the week of practice? Is it a focus thing? In your mind, what's it going to take for you guys to really turn it around? on the road I think man we just gotta just focus man lock in do our jobs I think football is not a hard sport to play football is not rocket science you know it's just all about everybody just doing their jobs as a, as a collective you know and when you do that you win games when you don't you lose games so so let me ask you this and I'm not this isn't a cut down to you because we've heard other guys say John Bain Jr. kind of said the same thing we've heard Got to be focused. Got to be more consistent. How can you do that? Because that's what championships teams do. They're yeah. focused and consistent week in and week out. A hundred percent, man. Like I say, it's, it's hard to get a lot of guys on the same page, you know. But uh, I think we can do it. We have the right, the, the right guys in the locker room. We have the right coaches here. So I think we, if we just, you know, just like I said, just lock in, man, on like the little things, the small details, and we can turn it around just in time. 331 here with your sports ticker. And how about them Toronto Blue Jays? I'm back on the train, baby. The Blue Jays swept the three-game series versus the Boston Red Sox over the weekend. And on the out-of-town scoreboard, the results were, you know, like pretty close to ideal for the Blue Jays in their pursuit of a wild-card spot. Toronto starts the week in the second wild-card spot with an off day today. The Jays roll into the Bronx tomorrow to start a three-game series versus... An underachieving New York Yankees team. So just 12 games left in the season for the Blue Jays, the regular season. And the Jays currently sit in a playoff spot. We're on a rampage. From sideline to sideline, the sports cage has you of Rams football covered. Yeah, so the Rams won their first game, 23-15, over the Calgary Dinos. We'll get the inside scoop from the play-by-play -play man, Sean Kleisinger. But first, let's hear his call. Valancourt looking over the secondary, puts his hand in the air, chest high, snap back to pass. He's going to scramble up the middle, but he has nowhere to go as Chopper Hippie brings him down. O'Flaherty gets the shotgun snap. He's under pressure. He goes near side of the field, complete right at the midfield marker. That's a nice catch right into the bread basket, the belly of Edmund Stedman. Eyes locked downfield. Now he's going to throw it downfield. Caught by Mims near sideline inside of Dino's territory. Gets the snap play action. He pumps left. Now he's going to go right arcs one near side of the field over the shoulder cut what a catch by Emmett Stedman inside the Dinos 10-yard line. And what poise by Sieben, the young quarterback. Sieben's in the shotgun, awaiting the snap, gets it, back to pass, standing tall, he's looking left, finds his man, caught at the goal line, touchdown Regina! Bennett Stusick with the catch and the score. Vince Triambari on to attempt a 49-yard field goal for the Calgary Dinos. Last play of the half here, the pin, the kick. 
end over end, and it's going to sail wide right, and it's brought out of the end zone now. That's Emmett Stedman. He makes one man miss across the Let's 20. Let's go! Across the 30, 40, 45, 50. Needs to make kicker miss, and he cannot make the kicker miss. Right near midfield, he had one man to go. Steven gets the snap. He's going to hand off up the middle to Erickson. He's going to break it outside the numbers, far side of the field, across midfield, lowers his shoulder down to Calgary's 51-yard line. First down, Regina. Nice gain of about 13 yards. Really nice run by Erickson there. Brayton Wag is in at quarterback. He's lined up under center. I wonder what the Rams will do here as Wag gets the snap. He's off the left end, into the end zone. He flips the ball in the air. Touchdown, Regina. Steven awaits the snap. He gets it. Play action to Erickson. Fires it. Complete to Mims. He breaks one tackle near side of the field. Lowers his shoulder and he blows over Jacob Biggs at the 20-yard line. First down to Sean Mims. Dinos are up 15-14, but the Rams are attempting a 18-yard field goal. Out of the hold of Bennett Stusick on one knee. Arm extended. Pinned down. Kick is good. With 6-12 remaining in the fourth quarter, the Rams have the lead. 17-15. Second and goal from the Dino. One-yard line as Brayden Wag, short yardage quarterback under center, gets the snap. He stopped initially, then he bounces it in for a reach on a touchdown. Just kept his feet moving, ran around the left side and found it wide open. Yards not gained, first down Regina. The check's in the mail, baby. 13 seconds left in the football game and the Rams are going to win their first game here in 2023. 23-15 over the Calgary Dinos as they break the huddle in the victory formation I like that. The checks in the mail. Sean Kleisinger and uh, Ryan Hall on the call. Hey, third string is the way to go in uh, in Saskatchewan and Regina. We have our uh, big tall guy, Jake Dolagala, slinging it. It's his team now. And uh, how about Owen Sieben coming off the bench there? Yeah, he was looking nice. He came off the bench. He completed a couple nice passes along the sideline. The first one to Mims and then the same drive. Uh, same type of, you know, looking scramble play, rolling right over the shoulder to Stedman, and then a touchdown pass to Stusick. Really had the, the spark that the team needed at mm. the quarterback position. Not only the mobility, but just the accuracy as a whole. And, I mean, there was no turning back after the, the whole vibe felt like it changed after Steven got good. in the game. So it's going to be interesting. I asked head coach Mark McConkey after the game, you know, is it too early to name Owen Steven the starter going into Winnipeg this weekend? And he was like, yeah, you know, he, he gave the coach answer. We're going to evaluate the film and stuff. But let's be honest, I'm going to, I'd be shocked if Steven is not the starter uh, going into Winnipeg. Yeah, you got to give it to him. Uh, also, um, who do they got next? When it, the Manitoba buys. Oh, yeah, right. They're on Saturday after uh, you're driving through the night. I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, so, um, big win for the Rams. Uh, Calgary, man, they were in the penthouse. Now they're in the outhouse. Oh, they, yeah. They, they, could they go are over. in a stinky outhouse. They could go a, a porta potty type situation. They could go over this season, which is crazy. Uh, the team that out uh, recruited them in Alberta a few years ago, and we thought maybe it would flip. Are the Alberta Golden Bears there for real? They went in. They're a good team, and the U of S didn't play very well. I think uh, the quarterback threw three picks, and uh, yeah, the, U of a, the, yeah. the, the U of A Golden Bears and the Huskies' 19 game home winning streak. They hadn't lost there since 2018, and uh, they're for real. Yeah, they they sit at the top of the standings. 
tied with UBC Thunderbirds. Yep. They're both 3-0. and And this game this weekend is big for the Rams when you look at it because we all know four teams make it out of the yeah. six. Well, Calgary, they're in the dumps. Manitoba, they're down to their second-string quarterback right now. So they're, you know... Uh, struggling a bit. So if the Rams can get this win against Manitoba, they just need to finish above Manitoba and Calgary to make the playoffs in yeah. the Canada West. So this win goes a long way. Basically, they have two games against Manitoba left this season, the Rams. And if they win at least one of those and two of those, they're in the playoffs, baby. Yeah, so is this their... Do they play Manitoba twice? Yeah. Or just, okay, so uh, I'm going to pat myself on the back because uh, I had a lot to do with getting Sean Kleisinger hired as the voice of the Rams and we have the best uh, we have the best uh, U-Sports football broadcast I have no doubt about that but this is a good one so Queens is playing Western and I have to paint the picture for you because this guy lost his mind and didn't paint any picture no disrespect but he didn't anyway Queens is beating Western and this is the Queens radio broadcast. It's right at the end of the game. This is a pass down. If you're watching the game on TV or thinking from a, your radio dial, uh, Western is going left to right. And so he throws a pass in the sun on the far sidelines. I have to do this because he doesn't really. Here we go. Check this out. The pass. He's airing it out. It's going to be long. No! No! <laughs> Touchdown, Western. Savon Magnet Jones. <laughs> Look at how he quickly tra- he quickly transitions from no to 3127. <laughs> so that's the same yeah, guy. And that's a wrap. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's, uh, awesome. that's a rampage. That's U Sports Talk. Let's come back with some NFL talk, shall we? Nobody covers your team like our team. This is the Sports Cage on the Mighty 620 CKRM. For another pick six with Ballsy and friends, as they give their take on six sports topics of the day. Okay, so Zinger, we'll get to this in a second, but here's the new Monday Night Football anthem that's going to debut tonight with Snoop Dogg and Chris Stapleton. And um, there's two Monday Night games Carolina and New Orleans, and then Pittsburgh and Cleveland start an hour later. So there's two. You can go back and forth. But here is how this will sound tonight here. It's Chris. Okay. Yeah, so I don't know if if Snoop, uh, that's a 30-second trailer. Snoop's standing there with his arms outstretched like he scored a touchdown. I don't know if he jumps in, but yeah, I can't wait to see it. NFL knows how to market, man. I will tell you this, and I stand by this. 
Laugh if you want, weigh in if you want. The NFL is a marketing machine. I've said this before, the top seven guys at the every roster is untouchable when you compare it to the CFL. But our game, our Canadian Football League game, or our three-down game in Canada, is far superior to the NFL. Special teams are basically nothing in the in the NFL except for field goals. Okay, fair catches or touchbacks. It's BS. It's 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 embarrassingly boring, and the timing rules. Just those two things alone, way better, way better. And you saw, you saw, in uh, the two games played on Saturday, Zinger, a missed. Extra point was brought back by the Tiger Cats all the way the other way. And we'll get into this in a bit, but Bob Dice inexplicably goes for a field goal by Ottawa or for Ottawa when they're already up by 10 misses. Terry Williams takes it all the way back and BC ends up winning. We'll get to that in a second, but our game is far superior football. You can debate all the rule, like all the uh, camera angles and money. They have 330 million people. We have 35 million. We need a 10th team. We need better marketing. We need to get our damn stats figured out. But other than that, I wouldn't touch another rule in this game. No. I mean, the Rams almost returned a missed field goal for a touchdown at, at yeah. the game on Saturday. I mean, you, yeah. you don't see that in, in no. America. No, and with four downs, it's run, run, pass. Pass, run, run. Like, I love the fact that uh, we put the ball in the air. Anyway, let's get to the pick six here, Zinger, with regards to the uh, NFL. Let me just uh, find my list here. I've got it. Hopefully this the Packers aren't in no, this list. No, the Packers are Thank not you. on the list. You will. We uh, all know they blew it. That's all you need to know. You, okay? will, you will escape that list. Yeah, for sure, man. You're not going to be there. Okay, I'm just trying to find this here. Um, here we go. So um, Falcons. Can't believe that. The Jets need to move on from Zach Wilson. Oh, that yeah. dude filling in for Aaron Rodgers with 12 of 27 for 170 yards, one touchdown, and three picks. He had a 38.1 rating, which is actually over par for his standards. He was 7 for 17 for 76 yards and three picks in the second half. Uh, the Jets scored 10 points in a blowout loss, and they're not winning with him as the quarterback. So, no, they got to move on from him, and I think you'd agree with that. Yeah, Zach Wilson's horrible. How many more shots is he going to get? Number two in the pick six. The NFC East is the best division in football right now. Three teams are 2-0, and and the fourth is 1-1. and Now, the Eagles haven't looked spectacular, but they're still 2-0, and and they smoked the Vikings with a sound running game. The Dallas Cowboys, let's be honest, they haven't really played anybody yet, uh, and uh, their defense does look good, you have to admit. They've outscored their opponents 70-10. to I want to see how they do when they get in close games. They're generally not good there. Dak's generally not good there, but they're 2-0. The Giants and Commanders come back, showcase the power of the NFC East. The Broncos were up by 18 points and lost to... What's the Commanders quarter? Is it Sam Howell or something? Yeah, he's not very good. Well, he was good enough to bring them back. They beat Denver 35-33. Russell Wilson's done, The Denver Broncos are... Oh, they're awful. And the Cowboys, by the way, I yeah. think they're at Arizona next week. Yeah, they so got. That's they, a, yeah, like, do yeah. they play any football no. teams this year? The Cowboys? Well, not no? for a while. They've got, I think, six tough games. Like, what is that? And how about how about the Giants? They were in Arizona. They were down by twenty points and rallied for a big thirty-one twenty-eight victory. Yeah. Here's number three on the pick six. The Giants are done without Saquon Barkley. He's the cog of the offense, uh, specifically with Daniel Jones. Check this out. When Barkley's on the field, when he was on the field in the second half comeback, Jones completed 17 of 21 passes for 259 yards with two touchdowns while rushing for 58 and a touchdown. Um, 
So he hurt his ankle. Saquon is going to be out, they say, for... About three weeks, about I read. Three, about three weeks. But I think you'd agree. Thank God it's only an ankle. Could have been a knee again. We're starting to see, though, why these running backs want their money, man. Austin Eckler, Saquon Barkley. They get hurt, man. I can't believe the Giants came back in that one. It just goes to show how bad the Cardinals Do are. Do me a favor. If Caspi ever wants to play football, Casper, you call him Caspi. I'm just going by your nickname. If, if Caspi Cas- or KK. If KK ever wants... Yeah, that's a good one. If KK ever wants to play running back like the KK we knew, Mm. don't let him. No, absolutely not. Don't let him. The toll it takes on the brain. No, never mind that. Your body, everything. Yeah. Well, I guess the brain's the most important, but brain. Uh, let's talk about the brain first. <laughs> brain, your body, everything, your lifespan in football. Okay, uh, let's do this again here. Number four on the pick six. Uh, Brandon Staley will not last the season in the San Diego Los Angeles Chargers complex. Okay, they set the as John Ryan said. I'm stealing it. The San Diego Chargers of Los Angeles. So check this out. I mentioned this earlier. The Chargers had a 300 yard passing performance from Justin Herbert, two touchdowns. Keenan Allen had over 100 yards receiving. They got five quarterback sacks. I think I saw Bosa play 10 snaps. He had two sacks, four tackles, and. They had five in total. They kept Derrick Henry to under 100 yards. And they still lost in overtime. They're the only team in NFL history that has scored 50 points and committed no turnovers through two games and started 0-2. That, my friends, is what we call chargering. And I predict right now they'll lose to the Vikings in Minnesota, be 0-3. But like I said, it took me 41 years, but I didn't hang around for overtime. I went and cleaned the shed. I'm so... Are you impressed? I I am. I, that you, is something. You have to be impressed. Okay, let's go number five in the pick six here. Uh, Bijan... Oh, there is a Packers thing in here. Oh, Bijan Robinson is already a top five running back in the NFL. You can agree or disagree. You watch the game. He was taken number eighth overall. He's behind a dominant offensive line in terms of run blocking and man they used him he had 172 yards of offense in his first 100 yard rushing game leading the Falcons to a thrilling fourth quarter comeback over Green Bay he's already second in the NFL in rush yards with 180 and fourth in the NFL in yards from scrimmage with 255 after the Sunday afternoon comeback victory you're shaking your head but you gotta admit he's a good football player he's a player. good football player but hey the Green Bay Packers defensive coordinator his name is Joe Barry he should be okay. fired and Joe Joe Barry has never won a thing in his life. He was the defensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions yeah. when they went 0-16. Yeah. He moved on. He was with San Diego for a bit as, a, I think, a linebacker's yeah, coach. He was. He, he's never won anything ever. So what makes the Green Bay Packer organization think that this guy is the guy to lead the defense? He sucks. I don't know. You should see his play calls. Yeah, you know like, what? <laughs> you know on what? running downs, there's two down... There's two down linemen, dime secondary. Like, where's the guy's mind at? And they show him up in the press box, like, fiddling his thumbs and, like, chewing his fingernails. Like, he's nervous. He doesn't know how to call a play. <laughs> you know what? They call Regina and Saskatchewan the Green Bay of the CFL, right? In terms of the yeah, it's community-owned, the level of passion. I listen to the Packers postgame show. It's the only radio broadcast that I know goes as long as ours or longer. Uh, they were still going a full two and a half hours, and fans were lighting up the phones. Oh, like, and they were doing what you just said. Somebody should fire him at halftime. <laughs> he shouldn't be allowed back in the stadium. I was just laughing. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. How many more shots is this guy going to get to lead a defense in the NFL when he has never led a defense 
the wins before. <laughs> it's mind-boggling. And no- it's even more mind-boggling as your Chargers head coach, yeah. if I'm being honest. Okay, let's go number six on the pick six, our final... Uh- Entry here. Here's a question for you. Has Baker Mayfield made the Buccaneers the best team in the NFC South? Mayfield's been impressive through two games. He's completed almost 70% of his passes for 490 and three tugs with zero interceptions through two games. His passer ratings 104.4. He's been only sacked once and hasn't fumbled, so no turnovers in two games. Now, let's be honest. It's a bad division, and the Saints... And Carolina are playing tonight. So there's not real apples to apples here. Falcons have got two victories. So it might be too early to answer the question I just posed. But if you got to admit, if Mayfield keeps playing like this, Tampa could be a threat in the division and make the playoffs. It's, it's the worst division in football. Like, it's the worst. Your division's so, pretty close. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, like, NFC South, like, come on. If it you're, is if you're, if you're at the top of the NFC South, I would take the NFC North on paper over the NFC South. I mean, that's the worst so yeah, go ahead, be the best team. You'll get knocked out. You'll be the fourth seed in the playoffs. You'll get knocked out by the best wild card team. That's all. That's all. Sure, own. Enjoy the one playoff. And game. I don't like this goofball. He is kind of a goofball with his attitude, but he's an unbelievable player. He's a goat right now, or on the verge of being a goat. Uh, he deserves. This is just due. The Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes have just restructured his agreement, giving him two hundred and ten point six million between twenty twenty three and twenty twenty six. The most money in NFL history over a four year span. His compensation for those years is now guaranteed. So he is the highest paid quarterback in NFL history. Oh, I was so hoping the Chiefs were going to blow that yesterday to the yeah. Jags. They're not winning the Super Bowl again. I hope not. I'm so sick of... Yeah. He sounds like Travis, Kermit the Frog. Travis, back. Yeah, I know. I, don't I, you just feel like just backhanding them? Like, they're, they're, po- they're, they're too... I don't like his hair either. They're two unlikable guys, Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. We're I gonna, like Andy Reid, though. Yeah, I do like it. I like, the, wal- I like the walrus, yeah. for sure. We'll take a break and be back with more of the Sports Cage in a moment on 620 CKRM. It's time to step into the radio octagon. You're tuned to the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Well, you know, it's not just a um, made-up thing. I really am pumped to be the voice of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, good or bad, win or lose. I am. It's great. It's To me, it's the best job in the world. Uh and Zinger said all along he was it's a dream to become the voice of the Rams, the Regina Rams. He is wearing right now I'm not kidding folks, he's wearing a 1995 Canadian Bull sweatshirt. It's with the Rams old green and white helmet with the white logo and it was a 26-10 win. It's got the score, it's got the Canadian Bowl in the middle, 1995 at the bottom, and it was the Rams beating the Ottawa Sooners with the old Ottawa Rough Rider colors and the big S instead of an R that they used to have. These are the best type of sweaters. They're called quote unquote matchup oh, okay. sweaters with the nice. helmets going head to head with the score. I love it. Yeah, you're a big guy into that stuff. I will tell you this uh, my buddy Marco Ricci was on that team. I had a lot of friends on that team. I could have. I he had to be on Facebook, I think, uh, on the weekend. Yeah, my, uh, Big shout-out. So I'm trying to think about that. Uh, it started in 90. No, 
Marco wouldn't have been on that team. I think Marco was on the 94 team. I could have been on the... Chad Eamon was on that team. Those kind of... And Josh Shaw, those kind of guys. Marco would have ended in 94. I could have played in 94, quit after 93. I had an old 93 one. And Where I, is it? How could you lose something like that? I think I lost it in my divorce. I bet I, I, bet I can like get one made somehow. Huh? It wouldn't be too hard. Take it to a, a shop in town and be like, yo, yeah. this is what I want on paper. Do it for me. Okay, let's get to our CFL power rankings. Anyway, I just wanted to point out Zinger really is a Rams fan. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so let's go to our power rankings in the Canadian Football League. Number nine, I got the Ottawa Red Blacks. I mean, they're just they're just punishing their fans up thirty seven eighteen, and yeah, that's just it's just gross. We'll get into more of that in the pick six just after uh, four o'clock uh, at four twenty ish. At number eight, they didn't play. But they didn't lose any ground to the Rough Riders, which is good for Dave Dickinson. He and the Stampeders are at number eight. I mean, it's got to be a long time since the Calgary Stampeders have been this low in the power rankings uh, this late into the season, Zinger. That's too bad because they got brand new nice unis this year, and they're not doing them justice. No, they're not. Shame on them. Number seven, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Zinger, that was an absolute... Now that I sit back and think about it, yes, it was an exciting game. Yes, it was fun to watch till about the last four or five minutes. That was a horrible loss by the Rough Riders. Yeah, a lot of heart... A lot of hearts broke on that Friday was, night. That was a horrible loss by the Rough Riders. A lot Riders. of gloomy people and walking down lie. Saskatchewan Drive. I'm not going to lie to you, man. I think it's a different situation here. I expect the Riders to bounce back and win, but they have to win this game against Ottawa. It is a must win because it's gonna be the, tough. last year, Zinger, this is where this team circled the drain. Edmonton came in, beat us when they shouldn't have with that great game from Taylor Cornelius. We had no answer for them, and they beat us, and it was never the same. We were done. The Riders got to pull up their bootstraps. As I look at it, Zinger, they have three winnable games for sure, maybe four. Ottawa, Hamilton here. I'm not saying that they should win, but they're winnable games. They should be favored. They go to Calgary. That's a winnable but not easy game. And Toronto's going to be playing for absolutely, as Chris Farley would say, Jack Squad, <laughs> because they've already clinched. So... The Riders could be nine and nine, like I predicted at the start of the year before training camp, ten and eight, or who knows? Maybe they don't win another game. A lot of fans are back to telling me that again. This team will never win another game, which I don't believe because they said it after the Montreal game. So here we go, Montreal. I put them at six. They're not much better than the Riders, but I put them ahead of the Riders because they beat the Riders in that only matchup of the year. So you kind of have to put Montreal ahead of them in the sense that if the records are equal, right, and they are at number five. They don't have as good a record as the Riders. They probably won't make the playoffs, but I got Edmonton at five. Just This is prisoner of the moment stuff. Mm-hmm. They've won four of five. They found a way. They didn't lead till the end of the game, and they won the football game, so I got Edmonton at five. Hamilton Tiger Cats. Coaching makes a difference, Zinger. Uh, Milanovic has that offense humming. Taylor Powell looks like a real quarterback with Scott Milanovic running it. I like it. Are Wasn't you... that a nice game? Huh? Oh, I love Winnipeg it. big blue bombers just lose. And the bombers are frauds. They're not as good as everybody thinks they are. Yes, they smoked the Riders, um, but the Riders beat them the game before. You knew Saskatchewan was going to lose in Winnipeg. You were just really disappointed by the effort by the Riders in Winnipeg. It was a shellacking, but Winnipeg, they're frauds, man. They're yeah, absolutely Winnipeg frauds. has played one more game than BC, and Winnipeg's 10-4, and four, BC's 9-4. and four. So if Winnipeg has to go... You know, 
on the road in the West Final if they get to that yeah. point at BC. I mean, yeah. oh, I'm picking the Lions. Yes, baby. and I'm wow. go- I'm going with wow. I'm going with I'm, I love the sound effects. I'm going with BC at two for just what you said. Although I am concerned, Ken Vernon Adams. He can keep you in the game and he can lose you the game. He threw three picks. Yeah, I know he did, and, and they should have lost except for some terrible coaching by Ottawa again. So I got to BC at two, and then Toronto's the class of the league. They're the best team, and I said it all along. Everybody's like, oh, Winnipeg's better. Winnipeg is not better. The First ball- time in franchise history, the Argos are 11-1. and one. How about that? Yeah. The team dates back to like 1870-something. The most successful franchise, not fan base-wise, but in terms of success in CFL history, the Toronto Argonauts. Most great cups, their first, and it'll be interesting to see how they do uh, with the rest of these meaningless games. We'll be back. We'll hear from Mike Kelly. We'll talk about the Mike Babcock thing. Kelly from the NHL Network. We'll give our CFL pick six, and we'll talk to Keith Willoughby about CFL simulations after 4.30. That much more coming up on the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. 620 CKRM is proud to be the official radio partner of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and your home for the hottest sports talk anywhere. This is the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. All right, time to keep the show rolling. Wherever you're listening, however you're listening, thanks for making us part of your day. Must be hockey season. We get to talk to our friend Mike Kelly again from the NHL Network. How was summer for you? It was great. Um, I am love the time off, but I'm also just waiting for the season to start at this point, so... Yeah. I'm ready to go. I don't know about you. Oh, I'm excited. I'm I'm in football mode with the Riders here in uh, Saskatchewan, the NFL fired yeah. up, but I always uh, am looking forward to my junior and NHL hockey. How do you think Connor Bedard will do in his first year? Looks pretty good in that uh, Young Stars tournament that I was watching. <laughs> yeah, he throws a hat trick up. Uh, yeah. not, not bad. He's going to be great. Like he, The excitement that he's going to bring to that city, um, they they because they got him first overall, I mean, there were signings they made that they don't make if they don't have Connor Bedard this year. So that's already kind of expedited things a little bit for them. Um, he's going to play with Taylor Hall at least to start the season. We know that. So that should be fun to watch. And uh, you just you watch not only that he's scoring goals, uh, the way that he's doing it, it's hard to imagine this guy not scoring 30 goals, not getting 65 points or more. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's uh, let's stay in the West. It's Stanley Cup or bust for the Oilers, I'd have to think. Yeah, I mean, that was Leon's famous quote. And, uh, you know, he's he's been asked about it. And it's they're in that mix of teams that, that should have a real legitimate chance to win the Stanley Cup this season. Uh, I, I don't see why they wouldn't. I, I go back to last year and the notes that I make uh, on every playoff series and everything. And um, I, I think... Like they didn't lose because of of goaltending, but goaltending needs to be better for them to to get there. And I think it can. Like we're talking about, you know, Skinner, young guy um, who's who's got great experience now, going through what he went through last season. And can he take another step? Uh, we obviously know what what Connor and Leon can do. The Connor Brown signings, a terrific one. Um, so they're right in that mix of top teams that. You know, if you're going to pick six or seven that you think are real Stanley Cup contenders, they'd be in my group. Give me one team in the West that might surprise some people, if you have one. I'll say Calgary. Um, I think Calgary not only gets back in the playoffs this season, I think they're a top three team in that division, potentially. So, um, I don't know what people's expectations are of them, uh, other than the fact that I look at them last season 
as as much as it didn't go right for them, and as much as you want to tie that to coaching, and I think you know Daryl Sutter and the coaching um, was a real part of the lack of success for them. Um, I I look at that team. I still think they could have been better. Like Markstrom, if he's in between where he was last year and the year before, where he was up for the Vesna, if he's in the middle of that, they probably get in last year. If Jonathan Huberto um, looks anything remotely like the guy that he, he looked like in Florida, they probably get in. And I, I think those things are going to be true. I think Markstrom will be better. Um, I think Huberto will benefit from, hopefully, a team that understands now um, that the, the shot volume approach they had to creating offense is an inefficient one. And uh, most teams understand that a bad shot is a turnover. And Calgary didn't seem to grasp that in the way they played last year. They adjust the way they play a little bit. Um, I, I think they can surprise some people. So I, I'll say it won't surprise me if they're kicking around the top of their division, honestly. I, I think they're um, really up for a bounce back year. If I had to, or if you had to spend the Mike Kelly sweet, sweet money that he earns from doing this hit, oh. uh, <laughs> uh, who are you taking to make the playoffs, <laughs> Ottawa or Buffalo? I will take that large check, um, and <laughs> I will put it on... I'll put it on Ottawa. Like, it won't shock me if either one gets in. Like, everyone's question about Buffalo right now is Devin Levi. Can he be the guy, or, or can any of those guys be the guy? Mm-hmm. Um, I think, look, for Levi to make the jump from NCAA to, like, good NHL starter pretty much would be the – there's one other example of a guy, I think, in the history of the league that's done it. It's a tall task. But if you've ever bet against Devin Levi and there's been plenty of opportunity to do so, you've been wrong. So he, he could – Ottawa, to me, if they're healthy, it's the biggest thing for any team, but especially them, because Chikrin's got a history of it. Norris is coming back after missing almost a full year. Uh, Forsberg and Met is coming back after surgeries. Um, if they're healthy, though, I look at that team. I, I, I have a model that I, I do projections with, player and team level. I, I can't make it say that they're not a playoff team. So I, I think they could... Uh, they could definitely be that team that jumps in in the Atlantic. Were you surprised that Sanderson got the big deal so early? Like, I know he's going to be a good defenseman, but 70-some games and getting that kind of cake. I'm not, because there's precedent there in Ottawa. I mean, they kind of went that route. They gave Shabbat the eight years. Uh, they went that route with Stutzla. That looks like a brilliant signing now. You see New Jersey do it with Jack Hughes. You see other teams do it. Like, my philosophy is this. Um, if you, you should know your players better than anybody else. And if you firmly believe you've got a great player, lock him up early and lock him up for as long as you can because the price is only ever going to go up. So, of course, there's risk. But, you know, look, if someone made me the GM of an NHL team tomorrow, that's how I would operate. I I would try to lock up my top guys as early as I could um, because they're only going to get more expensive. And now you have to be right, uh, maybe not all the time, but definitely more right than you are wrong. If you're a GM in the league, you should be with your players um, because you know them better than anybody else. So I think it's a great signing. I think he's going to um, provide more value than than the dollar amount of that contract, certainly overall, but as early as next season. Mike Kelly, in this society, we uh, have people that are guilty before proven innocent and we pile on people too fast. So I'm not going to do that here because we won't know all the details. We probably never will. We might hear whispers, but Mike Babcock doesn't even make it to training camp. Uh, regardless of what happened, I, what, what is going, what are you thinking, Mike, with your history to, to even get into those kind of waters? That's a real head scratcher. And, 
And do they not have any communication in the organization where somebody says, ah, you know what, Mike, I don't think that's a good idea. Yeah, this to me reflects very poorly on on the coach, but also the organization and how it's been handled. Uh, I think it's it's been abysmal in, in how the Blue Jackets have handled this whole thing. And, you know, it, certainly Mike Babcock has his detractors, and those people were happy to stand up the day he was hired and say, this won't work, he hasn't changed, he can't change, um, all those things. And it, it looks like the case because what happened after the NHLPA investigation – um, their findings were that it was very clear that inappropriate behavior occurred. Uh, pre- you know, predominantly it seems with younger players on the team that were uncomfortable with how he was, um, going about getting to know them. So, um, that is what it is. Um, the, the organization and hiring them, what they, they said today, they made a mistake, but I, I, they've had every opportunity to, to, put out the proper message here and they failed at every turn in my opinion they they come out you know right away with with comments from boone jenner and and babcock um essentially defending their stance on things which is nothing improper took place uh from there the nhlpa finds differently and and to the point that babcock resigns and so he resigns babcock does not take any accountability for his actions he, he cites being not wanting to be a distraction but he doesn't admit any fault. Mm-hmm. The GM of the team, Yarmo Kekalainen, thanks him for his work ethic and his professionalism. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. And, and then and then you get to today with, with you know, John Davidson and Kekalainen having a press conference as well. And and the owners came out shortly before the press conference um, with a statement. I assume knowing that they were going to be asked, or Kekalainen would be asked about his future, so wanting to dump some water on that and supporting him. Um but they cite that, you know, it would be too big of a distraction to make any uh, personnel changes for the players and their coaches right now. Like, even if that was the reason, like, that would be a good enough one if you really believe that there should be some accountability here and how this whole thing's been handled. Like, the whole thing to me has been an absolute mess. I, I don't think they could have handled it any any poor, more poorly than they did. Um, and it's just unfortunate because, you know what, that team's got a lot of good things going for it in terms of their players, their young players, and what they may be able to do on the ice this season. Mike Kelly, it's great talking to you again. We'll uh, talk to you as the season goes along. Have yourself a great day. Yeah, good chatting with you, and uh, we'll chat soon. Take care. Time now for the Cage Clutch Performer on 620 CKRM. Stevens in the shotgun. A wait in the snap. Gets it. Back to pass. Standing tall. He's looking left. Finds his man. Caught at the goal line. Touchdown, Regina. Bennett Stusick with the catch and the score. Yeah, I was going to do an NFL clutch performer, but I'm angry at the NFL since my team lost. And the Regina Rams need some love because they picked up their first win of the season on the weekend. And Owen Sieben, he came off the bench. He was 13 for 20, 187 yards, one touchdown. Rams take down the Dinos, 23 to 15, the final score. And Owen Sieben is your sports cage clutch performer for Nick Service in Emerald Park, your local Massey Ferguson challenger, Rogue. Gator, Gleaner, and Fent Dealer. Give them a call at 781-1077. Now bringing you three hours of the hottest sports talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. 
Welcome back to the show. Michael Ball with Sean Kleisinger. Wherever you're listening, however you're listening, thanks for making us part of your day. We'll get to your text here. We've got, uh, let's see here. Hold on. i got Leonard sending a text in at 936-6262, powered by the Capital Auto Group. Leonard says, Bombers are trending down with Riders, Red Blacks, Montreal, Calgary, Toronto's trending up with BC, Hamilton, and the Elks. That's exactly it. That's exactly what we got there. You're reading our mind there, okay, Leonard. We got Toronto Leonard. 1, BC 2, Winnipeg 3, Hamilton 4, Edmonton 5, Montreal 6, Saskatchewan 7, Calgary 8, Ottawa 9. Remember, a power ranking isn't just the standings, it's prisoners of the moment. Because Edmonton and Edmonton and Hamilton... I don't know if they're better than the Riders, but they're playing better in the last couple of weeks. So there you go. Uh, that's a question, too, man. As we get to, let's get to one of these right here, Zinger. Hit let's this right it. there. Let's do it. For another pick six with Ballsy and friends, as they give their take on six sports topics of the day. So we did an NFL one, but we're a CFL loving station. Voice of the Rough Riders. Let's be honest, voice of the CFL right here. So let's get to it, Zinger. Six topics, and let's start with the Riders' defense. What happened to this defense? Did I curse them, Zinger? I said they were a championship defense under Jason Shivers after wins against BC and Winnipeg, really carrying the water. Are they tired? Is it injuries? Now, do you listen, know what it is? Listen, it's, got... You didn't wear your green shirt. I didn't. Last couple games. I didn't. That's what it is. That's exactly why you, what it why is. Why are you doing this? We won, we won like two in a row, whatever. We beat BC. We beat Winnipeg with you wearing a green shirt, and then you decide it's a good idea to switch it up, huh? The same green shirt, too. <sighs> okay, I promise to wear it. I just washed it. I'll wear it. I promise. But you know what? You can give the Riders a bit of a asterisk beside their performance, and they lost four guys at halftime. Yeah, that's four, rare. Four guys at halftime, and none of them practiced today. Uh, Miles Brown, Anthony Lanier II, Nick Daly, and also um, Justin Herdman-Reed looking at the injury report. So, yeah, that's number one on the pick six. Let's go number two here. Uh, can you win with Vernon Adams Jr.? Can you really win a championship with him? I, I like Vernon Adams Jr. He's a talented guy. He's overcome an MCL injury here this year. Came back probably faster than he should. He, he is what I used to say about Henry Burris. He's good enough to keep both teams in a football game. <laughs> I think you can win with him, especially especially if the BC Lions finish first in the West and they just have to win one game in the playoffs and then because the way VA works I feel like he goes through a stretch of you know playing really good football then he goes through a stretch of playing really bad mm. football and then he'll go through a stretch of playing really good and bad football at the, in same, the same time game. like we saw against uh, Ottawa. Ottawa on the weekend so yeah. basically what I'm saying is uh, you just need to find VA right in the middle there. You just can't have the stretch of games where VA is very bad. Hmm. So limit, yeah, so limit the amount of games that he has. Yeah. He can maybe get on a two-game roll. I get it. Well, they got some work to do. Let's go to our next pick six here. Number three, 
What do the Argos do now? First time ever, they're eleven and one in a season. They've got, they've got uh, what seven games, six games left. The third of the season zinger. What do they do? I don't know what they do. I think I I don't think it's a good thing to sit all no, your players no. for like over a month and a half. I like, could see I could see the Toronto I could see the Toronto Argonauts to keep the train rolling. I could see the Argonauts lose to Hamilton if yeah. they if they don't do this right in the in the Eastern semifinal. There's no way. And maybe Montreal beats Hamilton. I still don't think Cody can win the big game when he has to. He hasn't shown that to me. But Taylor Powell's an unknown with the great coach and Scott Milanovic. Uh, if, it, if it was up to me, I would play. I would play the players because I think it has more upside. And you've got a de- and you've got them. a deep roster too. Yeah, you've got a deep roster, so I think they'll do some sort of balance like that. But it's going to be very interesting, and it could be. We thought uh, Ryan Dinwiddie had a a tough job last year when people weren't giving him enough credit and he won the Grey Cup here in Regina. This will be a tougher challenge with everybody chasing you. And let's be honest, the Argos have been the best since they left this turf with the championship last year, Zinger. This needs to be underscored. They have been the best team in the CFL since that final whistle. Like, they have been... They've been number one the whole year. Well, if they keep playing their players, like they have the opportunity to be one of the best regular Greatest season team. Ever. team in, Greatest in, team ever. Like, Can you imagine? We, we always talk about the 1989 Edmonton Eskimos yeah. at 16 and 2. Well, if the Argos keep rolling, yeah. they can be in the convo. Let's go. Next one on the pick six here, number four, Trey Ford. What will he become? His, his stats weren't overwhelming 173 yards passing. His balls don't look the greatest coming out of his hand there when he's putting it, you know, down the middle and stuff. Uh, but he, like that one play alone where he scrambles from left to right, breaks a tackle from a uh, Corte Moore and throws back across his body when Nick Marshall was sleeping for the touchdown there. Um, I mean, he's a great electrifying player. Uh, do you think he will become a Tracy Ham type? Uh, I I just fear that he might fall into the mold of like what a Cam uh, Cam Newton fell into. If we're gonna you know compare it to the to the NFL, because mm-hmm. Cam Newton he had a really good stretch. He had a couple years there where he yeah. was the best quarterback ever. But it all comes down to at the end of the day, the defenses are going to figure out what this guy is doing as far as the scrambling goes. Yeah. It's all going to come down to if he could throw the football or not. Now I'm not saying he can't throw the football, but it's just not the prettiest looking pass in the world. Well, I will tell you this, man. Uh, I, th- I hope he's closer to Tracy Ham than Neilon Green. He's kind of in that mix. He could go either way. And Edmonton won that game because of Kevin Brown. And people should be talking about Kevin Brown yeah. as. The best back in the league, right there with uh, Brady Oliveira. Yeah, he's a sure. thick back. Yeah, he's a that touchdown where he put his left foot in the carpet and went around the right side. He reminds me of somebody, but I just cannot quite put my finger on it. I was thinking about it during the game. Like, who does this guy remind? He reminds me, of? me a little bit of a Joffrey Reynolds type. Yeah, maybe, or maybe like a. a mm, he's no. a thicker Charlie Roberts, maybe Ronald Williams. Remember him yeah. on the ti- yeah. Tiger Cats? Oh, yeah, maybe, I remember maybe that. someone I remember, like yeah, him, yeah. number twenty-four. Yeah, all right. Uh-huh. Let's go to this one of the pick six. What do we make of the Bombers? Are they frauds? Are they great? Are they? Are they? Like I don't think they're as great as people think. A lot of people, have, even I had the argument with Glenn Suter. Oh, they're the best team, even though Toronto was the best record. I said, Glenn, give your head a shake. No, it's not even close. And. That Hamilton game proves it to me. Give the Tiger Cats credit. And some teams are kryptonite for other teams. I get it. But 
I don't know, man. Kalaros had two touchdowns, three interceptions. Zach is throwing for the most touchdown passes, but he's not playing at an MOP level, in my opinion. They're not the they're not the bombers as of you know 2019, 21, 20, 20, 22, 20, yeah. They are still a bombers team that can win the championship. Yes, they because, can. You know the rest it, of the league's kind of wonky. It just yet. takes a couple yeah. wins, man. Yeah. when it's all said yeah. and done. So yeah. no, they're not the team they used to, but they're still. Very well, good enough to win. Okay, so this is the, the last. One. This is the last one, and I want to bring this one up. Okay, what? Whoa, 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 what are we doing? What are some of these coaches doing? Let me start here with our own guy, Craig Craig Dickinson. I'm as I I will say I'm a friend of his. I like him. He's a great man. He's a good football coach. I don't think he's a tire fire as a head coach, but sometimes it's head scratching for me. Like for instance, okay. NBC called a short kick with 158 to go or 153 to go when they still had an opportunity, you know, in that 19-9 game. Zinger, they got the ball about the 35-yard line with 42 seconds to go. You need two scores after giving up a safety. Don't you kick the field goal there? Get an onside kick and give yourself an opportunity if you get it to have a couple of shots at the end zone with a strong arm quarterback. Instead, you left them on the field with 20 seconds to go. Yeah, because regardless, you need to leave yourself enough time for another possession. Yes. Whether you get a field goal on the current drive that yes. you're on or if you get a touchdown. The bottom line, oh, the basis of it is you need another possession. So, therefore, yeah. you need to leave yourself enough time for another yeah. possession. The onside kick takes time and at least one other play which will which you would need you need at least one more play on that yeah. ensuing offensive drive right yeah, yeah. so you yeah i i think i think you you do got to kick it a little sooner but. so i'm going to go with this one this this one is the biggest head scratcher bob dice who is another great guy that we love he's a friend of the show he's a great man i'm glad he got his chance to be a full-time head coach but bob you cost your team the game here in Saskatchewan weeks ago which was the start of your losing skid it, which is now at 7 and basically your What was that one he went for a field goal well, on the one for, yard instead line? of going for it and then yeah. he said no i did the right thing by taking the points but then he kicked it off yeah. to Mario Alfred who ran it back and then we got the field goal so whichever play you want to pick there Bob Dice and the Ottawa Red Blacks are shocking BC. They travel across country playing a BC Lions team better than them. Crumb's having a great game. They have a great first half. They go conservative with Kahari Jones' calls in the second half. And then Bob Dice lines up for a 50-yard field goal with 130 to play up by 10. I'm sorry. And he's standing by that decision. Every day of the week and twice on Sunday, you kick that ball, punt it away, get it out of bounds. They're not beating you. What the heck? Yeah, Is there nobody to help these guys on the sidelines? Yeah, that's a questionable call just because like it's a it's a two-possession game. You're up by 10 points. Even if you make a field goal, it's still a two-possession game. It's not like you're making a one-score game into a two-score game. Therefore, you got to punt the ball. No, come on, man. You cost... You know uh, but, I mean? but I will say this, having said that, this is not going to be an easy game for the Rough Riders, and it's one they have to have. They they have to stop the bleeding and get back in a positive mojo. They haven't been playing good on the road Lost either. Lost the last so. three in, in convincing fashion, unfortunately. It's got check time for the Riders. We'll be back with our CFL report, Keith Willoughby, and much more. You're listening to the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. All right, it's 435 with your sports ticker, and this one is for Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They will treat you right. Just give them a call at 781 
2090s. So the Columbus Blue Jackets ownership group released a statement on Monday on Mike Babcock resigning as the team's head coach. The statement said that the organization is frustrated and disappointed in the events leading up to the decision. Mike Babcock has been under investigation by the NHL for allegedly asking to see pictures on players' phones. And the Columbus Blue Jackets have hired Pascal Vincent as the club's new head coach. The Sports Cage is your voice for football, not only in the province, but around Canada. This is the Sports Cage CFL Report. A look at what's happening in our three-down game. Let's go spread right, face fear, play pass, 16 counters, easy bang. Pull back west right, zoom. Pull back left, pass, half back at zero, Z quick screen left, on one, right. Time now for the CFL Report, and these are comments from Sean Bain Jr. after the game following the Riders' horrible home loss, 36-27 to the Edmonton Elks, where kind of got away on them in the last four minutes. Sounds about right, yeah. Literally that, about the last four minutes. It's tough, man. Um, so talk about your first touchdown. Take us through your two touchdowns, the first one. Um, okay, so, yeah, they, they, they made a mistake and went man. And then the guy over me was about four yards off. So I was like, oh, yeah, this is, this is cake. And he, I've never been played man this year, like that close. So, yeah, um, I'm glad Jake saw it. I was able to outside release, stack him, um, and give him something at the top. And then, uh, you know, Jake delivered the ball. So, yeah. yeah. And then the second one was like a little skinny post slant down about yeah. the 12-yard line. Tell us that one. Uh, yeah. So, you know, it's just we drew up a play where uh, we got double slants to that side, to the boundary side. And um, I think it was good because, you know, usually the tendencies in the red zone is, you know, I do an out route or a corner. So, uh, definitely was able to throw him off, uh, cut across him, and he took a bad angle, so I was able to swing him off me and, uh, you know, trot to the end zone. Sean, what are the positive things that you're going to want to take from this game as an offensive unit? Um, shoot, that honestly, that we can drive. Like, we can make plays. Um, we can go the length of the field. Um, obviously, Jake is, is seeing the defense pretty well, so um, it's, it's plenty of good things that we can take on uh, to the next week and you know further. But uh, yeah, we, we just we just have to do better and execute when the moments are much bigger. That's a receiver's nightmare, isn't it? Your buddy uh, Sam Amless going down the seam, a beautiful pass by uh, Jake Olagala, and he he, he muffs oh it into the gosh. DB's hands, eh? Oh my gosh, that was the craziest play, one of the craziest plays I've ever seen. Um, literally, like obviously he's trying to catch his fall and tuck the ball at the same time, and it kind of just you know lost him, and he was able to pretty much the DB was right there, so it was, it, that was a pretty crazy play. Sean, you guys have struggled in the last three road games you've played in. You're about to embark on a trip to Ottawa. Yes, um, talk about, in your mind, what needs to be adjusted or shifted, whether it's in the practice week or the way you approach travel in order to, to, to really put a prepared effort on the road. Uh, I think it's exactly that. Like we, we, have, we have to attack the weeks with a much better mindset. Um, and just not be comfortable with where we are. Um, I know I'm not. I, although the game was good, I, I still feel like I have much more to prove. Um, so I think as a collective, we just need to, you know, really, really stick to the fundamentals and the basics of what we do. And then from there, we can build. Um, and, you know, matter, no matter the environment, I think, you know, if we can put all those pieces together, all three phases, offense, defense, special teams, we can really, you know, be a dangerous team. 
house is your house. Welcome inside the sports cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the show, wherever you're listening, however you're listening. Thanks for making us part of your day on this beautiful 27-degree day, 440 in the afternoon, corner of 12th and Rose, downtown Regina, Canada's Queen City. Uh, our... Guests come to you via the uh, Western Pizza Hotline. Take a slice out of your September schedule and let Western Pizza do the cooking tonight. Like tonight, you can go watch two Monday night games, eat Western Pizza, not worry about cooking, just concentrate on football and clean up afterward. So Unless you're angry about football, NFL football, then yeah. you just don't watch the I don't, I don't. I don't get... Uh, I used to be, I don't anymore. I, listen, I'm not at that level yet. I'm, I'm still focused. immature and I'm still a brat. Okay. I want my team to win. I'm focused on Rams football, Thunder football, Riders football and UND Fighting Hawks football. Everything else, I don't care. I don't care. So here we go. With that in mind, let's head out in the Western right. Pizza Hotline, head to the Bridge City. The dean of the Edwards School of Business at the U.S., the dean of this show, the guy who does the CFL simulations first on this show, and then later you can find it at cfl.ca, Keith Willoughby. Mr. Willoughby, how are you? Doing good, Ballsy. Great to chat with you. Nice to chat with you. I know you'll agree with me, but it's nice to have somebody else to back up what you say. Listen. I love all football. I watched the Colorado, Colorado State game. I watched uh, UND, Boise State. I listened to Zingers play-by-play of the Calgary Dinos. I can't get enough football, so I like all football, including NFL. But the three-down game is far superior. I'm not saying the athletes. The game itself is far superior to the four-down NFL, college, or pro. You know, Baldy, I'm not going to disagree with you. I think if you were to take money out of the equation, if you were to say that the salaries are going to be equivalent between playing the NFL game versus playing in the CFL, to me, I think the athletes, the uh, Canadian, the American players would prefer the Canadian version. More wide open, larger field, wider field, gives you more opportunity of displaying your athletic ability, both offense, defense, as well as special teams. Face it, in the CFL, we're not going to have a fair catch. Uh, we're, we're going to be able to return a missed field goal. To me, it gives you excitement. It gives you opportunity. And I think that's what the CFL should capitalize on. What are these people looking at when they say they want the goalposts moved back? Because that would mean you'd want the end zone shrunk, and then you're getting rid of CFL uniqueness. We saw perfect examples of that this weekend. Hamilton returns a, a, an extra point, which, by the way, a rule started in the CFL, moved back to the 32, one of the greatest rule changes in any sport anywhere in the last 15 years. And... It was ran back by the Tiger Cats for two points of their own. And then, and then Terry Williams on a stupid call by Bob Dice runs it all the way back for a touchdown to turn the game around. Like, you wouldn't get that if the goal pulls are at the end of the uh, end zone. Not at all. In fact, it, I think that's what gives some that uniqueness, the flair, the excitement to the CFL. Uh, and, and I like having those larger end zones. To me, when, when a team is in that score zone, when they're inside the 15, 10 yard line, to me, it puts a real onus on the defense to be able to step up and make a play because the offense has a lot of real estate, a lot of acreage to be able to play at when they're looking at trying to make a score deep in the other team's end. I love my riders like you. I support my riders like you. You do it with your wallet. I do it uh, covering the team, but I've been a fan my whole life. But I'm going to tell you this right now. if I said it going into the game. If you want it to be taken seriously, you have to win games like that on home turf. That's a horrible loss by the riders. Again, yes, Edmonton's got a good team. They're better than their record indicates, but I don't care. If you want to be taken seriously and a Grey Cup contender, that's not one you can drop in back-to-back years like that to the same team. 
Exactly, Ballsy. You know, and I look back, um, I've been going to games uh, at Mosaic slash Taylor Field since the early 70s, since my dad drove me there all the way from Melford, Saskatchewan on a six-hour round trip to go to Ryder Games. You know, I have probably sat through a few hundred or so losses in Mosaic and Taylor Field, but I have a hard time thinking about a loss that's that deflating and demoralizing and disappointing as what happened on Friday night. You know, we're up 10 nothing. This is a team that we should be able to beat to put some distance between ourselves. We've beaten them twice already in the regular season. And then to basically go after a 10-0 lead to be, and to be leading 27-10 after it's at the three-quarter mark and then to give up 16, sorry, 27-20 after three quarters and then to give up 16 and answer points in the fourth quarter, I was I was really deflated. And to me, it, I don't know if it speaks to, to a lack of enthusiasm, lack of passion, lack of drive, but it's sure not setting up for a very uh, opportunistic final five games of the 2023 CFL regular season for the green and white. No, and your computer will say that. Let's get to that. But let's be honest. There are no free spaces on the bingo card for the Riders. You think there would be one here mathematically and eliminated as Ottawa, but the Riders have been blowing out the last three road games. What's your computer telling us for Friday? What kind of picture is it painting? Oh, it's, it's incredibly grim, ballsy, and all members of Rider Nation that are listening. It's making Ottawa an 11-point favorite on Friday night in the nation's capital. Uh, we'll see what kind of team the Riders can, can, can put together for that, for that game. I know there's been some injuries, especially along the D-line, but let's face it, folks. Like right now, we're 6-7. and seven. I think we can beat Hamilton um, at Mosaic. I think we can beat Toronto because Toronto, obviously, have already clinched first place. So we'll see what kind of a team they put together in the last game the Riders play in the regular season. But come on, to me, this team is too talented. It's, uh, it's you know, we, we've got the fan base behind us. To me, we, we can't be missing the playoffs two years in a row. That would be a, a terrible outcome for this franchise. So I got the Riders like I did all season long, finishing 9-9. Nine and nine. I think there's an outside shot at 10-8, and eight, but not if they... Not if they mail it in or don't come out for a full 60 minutes like last week. But what are the chances, according to your computer, the Rough Riders making the playoffs? You know, it's been going down. It's been dropping. I wish it, I wish this was the interest rates for uh, <laughs> for, uh, for Canadian consumers. But t- after we beat Winnipeg in the Labor Day Classic, we were above 90%. Now the computer is making it 53%. So, yeah, we it thinks you're going to be there, but it's far less confident than it was in early September. 53% chance you make the playoffs, and it's projecting us to finish 7-11. and 11. Wow. So, uh, and I, I'm assuming a long shot of a home playoff game, long shot, oh. Grey Cup. Long shot, yeah. Yeah, we're looking way, way, way less than 1%. It's like 500 to 1 shot that we have the home playoff game. To me, a lot of things would have to happen right for the Riders to get that second place. Obviously, BC, with that late miraculous win over Ottawa, really put a nail in our coffin. Uh, but it's it's... You know, I, I have faith in this team. I, and I will, I will say here in front of all of everybody listening, I will always renew my season ticket. So I'm not a fair weather fan, but it sure is demoralizing to do the two and a half hour drive back to Saskatoon after you witness what we saw Friday night at Mosaic. Tip of the cap to everybody like you that does uh, do that, not only investing time, money, energy, passion. Um, lastly, he, his numbers, your numbers, guy, his numbers didn't, at the end of the day, look spectacular, Trey Ford, but. He's an unbelievable athlete. Do you think when it's all said and done, he'll be closer to Tracy Ham or closer to Neilon Green? That's kind of who he reminds me of when he plays. Yeah, that's a great question, Ballsy. To me, when, when I look at what he did um, Friday night against the Riders, he was able to extend the place. Think of the touchdown passes to, to Geno Lewis. Um, you know, if, if, if Lane Cordy Moore makes the sack, then that goes as a, 
you know, obviously a great play for the Riders, but he broke through the sack and then found Geno Lewis, who was standing like 20 yards behind the nearest Rider defender on the play. To me, he has the ability to make the play to convert those, those in what you think would be incredibly um, opportunistic sacks. He, he pivots the play and then makes it a gain on the other side for the, for the Elks. I was really impressed by what he saw, and uh, we'll see what the future holds. But to me, he's that next-gen rider, or he's that next-gen CFL quarterback that I think can really flourish in a game like we have in the CFL. Fifteen seconds or less, rider win or a rider loss on Friday? Not your computer. What does Keith Willoughby think? The heart says the riders twenty-two, Red Blacks nineteen. We find a way of pulling it out. Hey, we have not won a game outside of Saskatchewan and Alberta this season. Let's turn the tr- tide by winning on Friday in the nation's capital. Thanks, man. Take care. Always appreciate your efforts. Go Riders! We'll be back after this on the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Sports Cage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Welcome back here on the Sports Cage. Okay, let's get to this. Uh, the injury report, Justin Herdman-Reed, who went out at halftime. Quadriceps injury again. He's been battling that. Miles Brown, it looked like an upper body injury, but they're saying a groin. Didn't practice. Deontay Williams, hamstring, didn't practice. Mason Fine did practice. Jake Winicky did practice. He's listed as a healthy scratch. Jamal Morrill didn't practice because of his knee. Nick Daly's been on and off the roster. He's got a foot injury now. Didn't practice. Lanier the second missed with a hip injury. Bruno LaBelle hamstring was a full participant. And TJ Brunson ankle did not participate. So the Riders battling injuries. So uh, Tony from Rhode Island, he's going to the game in Ottawa on Friday. Nice. And he's saying, so if you see a guy wearing a flag over his shoulder, you know, give him a little protection. He's going to be out there on his own going to the uh-huh. game. So, you know, take it easy on Tony in Rhode Island. Well, I think uh, he's to- going to the game. Love you, Tony. I'll look for you. I'll tell you this right now. Ottawa fans, I think, are fed up after that game. They may not even be there. You might be the only guy in the stands. They've yeah, been pretty, point. they've been pretty, uh, you know, they've been a great fan base because they haven't had a lot to cheer about over the last little while. But, uh, yeah, they may be. Uh, that could have been the tipping point, man. Okay, let us hear from uh, the guy who was taking the first team reps in the backfield and actually threw a long bomb in practice after practice to our own Blaine Wyland, who made the catch on the sidelines. Basket catch. Great catch, Blaine. Here is Frankie Hickson. All right, I'm joined with Frankie Hickson. And Frankie, I guess, you know, you guys always talk about that 24-hour flush rule. Was this, though, this past loss kind of a, the toughest 24 hours to go through? Uh, it was a tough one, regardless. I think any anytime you lose, it's, it's going to be a tough 24 hours to, to get over, um, be it the things that you could have done as an individual or the things that we feel like we could have done as a team. Um, but it, it's when, when you treat it the same way, it, it's, it allows you to flush it a little bit easier. And, um, you know, you treat it a win no different than a loss. You know, you still got to learn. You still got to improve um, and come back, come back and come back out better the next week. How would you assess your season so far? Obviously, probably not the one you wanted so far, but what's your approach now as you kind of, you know, enter, I guess, kind of the back third of the season? Yeah, you just got to uh, put your head down and work. Um, you know, this this place, um, you know, this province in, uh, itself and the city is largely based on working hard, and um, that that's no different than what we have to do for the rest of the season. Um, we just have to put our head down, put our our face to the pavement and, you know, just work hard and try to get better every single day. Uh, today, Jamal Morrill wasn't out of practice. I know it's only day one of a five-day week, uh, but still, is these practice reps with the first-string offense, is these valuable reps for you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, 
anytime you have the opportunity to, to go with your ones, um, it definitely makes you more prepared for the for the week to come, and um, it definitely puts you in a in a better place to begin the game, um, you know, on game day. But uh, you know, you take each rep the same way, uh, and try to give the most as you possibly can on every rep, and like I said before, just try to get better every day. You guys started out well on the road, winning those first two games in Alberta, but since have struggles. Has there been any kind of recent like trends with all these recent road losses? No, no trends. Just uh, we we go out with the same effort um, every week, and we go out with the same mentality on game day every every game day, and just try to give the the very best that we possibly can. And you know, sometimes that's good enough, sometimes it's not. Um, and sometimes we have to require each other to do a little bit more and. And that's what it takes to, to win a championship. And so we're, uh, I think the, the biggest thing that we're focused on right now is just improvement. I guess for the first day of practice, how do you think things went as a team uh, for the first day out this week? Um, definitely after, you know, taking into account what you were talking about with the 24-hour rule and flushing it, I think this team did a great job with flushing, um, flushing it and coming out here and, and giving maximum effort and, and getting a little bit better today. I guess for Ottawa on, on Friday, is there anything particular that stands out with terms of their defense that you guys are looking for ahead of this week? Uh, it's definitely a stout defense. Um, you know, that, that defensive front is, is a good defensive front. Um, uh, and then it's a, it's a great coaching staff over there as well. And so um, you can't really get bogged down in records, um, ours included. Um, you know, every everybody can go out on game day and someone's going to win, someone's going to lose. And, it, it really just depends on what you do throughout the week that uh, determines that. With uh, BC coming up next week, is it important to kind of keep the radar up and not allowing this week's game to be kind of a trap game? Oh, yeah, for sure. We can't, uh, can't get trapped um, in thinking about uh, a week ahead. Um, we're not there yet, and uh, BC isn't even important to us right now. It's just all about Ottawa, um, and it's all about how we can maximize uh, each and every one of our individual talents and, and go out there and, and pull out a win. How do you feel you're, for yourself you're doing on special teams this year? Uh, I'm, I think that I'm, uh, I'm grasping some things. I think I'm becoming a little bit more versatile as a special teams guy. You know, they're able to put me in some different spots than I was last year. And um, it's just uh, special teams is, is no different than offense, no different than defense. It's, you know, all, all of them all phases are important and and so you just you maximize what you have with what you have and just want to get your thoughts about jake now kind of settling into that quarterbacking role oh yeah we uh we knew about jake the guys who were here last year knew about jake and knew his uh what, what his abilities were and um we have nothing but faith in, in the next guy this is next man up mentality of regardless of who you are and um with that mentality you you have a hundred a hundred percent faith in and the guy next to you, regardless of if he's played a thousand snaps or if he's played his first snap, um, and then at, and likewise, you know, you pick up your intensity, you pick up your ammo, and you know, try to give a little bit more for your guy. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Frankie. Absolutely. Thank you. Sports talk lives here. Welcome to another hour of the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. This is the Craig Dickinson Show, our weekly chat with the writer's bench boss about the latest news from the locker room. It's the only place where Dickie takes questions from Rider Nation.
And welcome back to the show. And this portion of the show, the Craig Dickinson Show, each Monday on the Sports Cage year-round. And we appreciate him for joining us. Brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers, where you're guaranteed the best buying and selling experience. McDougalAuction.com. Coach, thanks for joining us back at practice today. Um, uh, what's the mood like after what I would say is a gut punch that last Friday? You know, the mood was good today, Michael. And you're right, it was a gut punch on on Friday. But, you know, I think our, our players have really grasped and, and really taken ownership of the 24-hour rule, which we, we put in place. And we try to try to live ourselves as coaches. You know, you get 24 hours to celebrate a win or 24 hours to, to you know, mourn a loss. And so our, our energy was good today. Meeting started a, a touch slow, so we tried to get them going a little bit in the meetings. Uh, but practice, boy, I thought practice had good pace and good tempo today. Coach, you mentioned you used the word mourn. And, I mean, I know you're being a little dramatic with that because um, um, mourn is when you lose somebody or, or you know, lose a job or something like that. But I, I don't know that people really – it is a kid's game, but this is a professional job. And – the hours and the time spent, coaches, the, the the front office staff, but the players, what goes into it, it is so euphoric when you lose, and it is devastating when, or when you win, and when you lose, it really is devastating. It can be kind of mournful. Yeah, I, get, I, I didn't know what, what word to use, but it seems that, you know, guys sulk after they lose, and coaches do also. You know, you think about uh, what you could have done differently or what you should have done better, you know, so... There's that that kind of that, that reflective uh, stage where you look back and you kind of think with, oh, what could have been or what should have been, and and uh, uh, you try to try to put that behind you after 24 hours because it just gets in the way of your preparation for your next game. And the beauty of pro sports and the beauty of, of sports in general is you get a chance to reload, and and unless it's the last game of the year, there's always another one to look forward to. So our guys. I think our guys are past that game uh, versus Edmonton and looking forward to playing playing this week versus Ottawa. Coach, what's got, what's not gone right in the road the last three games? We can go back over. We won't. We know what's happened the last three games on the road. You haven't won a game outside of Alberta and Saskatchewan. What what do we have to do to change that here? I think we got to start faster. I think I think that's been one of one of the things that that's hurt us is we haven't started fast and we've been playing catch up. So I think it's important we get out to a good start. We come out of the gates firing, playing good football right from the get-go, and 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 try to try to keep it going throughout the game. But I think that's been if you looked at our last few road losses, we have not started fast, and it seemed like we were down early and uh, and playing catch-up right from the start. Is that I noticed the mentality? You're practicing here today and tomorrow, and leaving on Wednesday, uh, a day and a bit ahead, like a little bit ahead of what you'd normally leave to go to Ottawa. Is there a strategy in that? We're just trying to get an extra night's rest over there. I think the time change affected us quite a bit in Halifax. Uh, it always affects you, I think, when you go east. So we want to try to get ahead of that just a little bit and give our guys a chance to rest. Uh, and take take two full nights before they play the game, and I think we just always do it in the past uh, mm-hmm. with these charter planes. Now um, we haven't done it as as often, but I think it's a good strategy. It costs a little more money for the club, but. I think at the end of the day, it's going to help our team uh, perform better. I sure hope it does. Well, and that and that speaks, I think, to the urgency of uh, from the business side in coordination with what you guys are doing, trying to make the playoffs. It's important for this team to make the playoffs. The fans deserve to have a team in the playoffs. I know you know that. 
yeah, yeah. We we made this decision six months ago, so that's good. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't something we decided uh, just this week. But thank goodness, you know, it's something that that I pushed for and Jeremy agreed with. Is it was important to go a couple of days early. We would have done it in Montreal too, but it just didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I think it's good. I really do. I think you can, if, you, if you're going out east, if you can get there the night before, get a good day three in at home, get there the night before. I think it gives you guys just a little more chance to adjust to the time, time change. So, Coach, you uh, you talk about starting fast. You certainly have done that on home turf the last four games. Like, you've had the lead and haven't been able to hold it. I heard from a couple of your players after the game, and I don't want to read too much in it, but the word they used it was C.J. Rivas, who I thought played a decent game, and, of course, Sean Bain Jr. They're like, we just got to stay focused for 60 minutes. How, as a coach or a coaching staff, do you keep your team focused for uh, 60? minutes well I think you got to try your best to simulate the games in practice and you, and you put a lot of stress on them in practice demand a lot from them in practice and I think it carries over to the games and I, I really feel like we have good practices um, I think we, we really do a good job of scripting situations into practice and, yeah, but it's hard to play a full 60 minute game in a practice so a game is probably two practices back to back. So mm-hmm. I think it's just learn a learned thing, and, and uh, I think the, the players are correct. We do got to maintain focus. But here's the other thing: we got to maintain focus when we get tired, and uh, mm-hmm. and when you have some injuries and lose a few guys, there's guys playing a little more more than they're used to playing, and they get tired. That's I think when you really have issues. So we're going to put a little more emphasis also this week, Michael, on conditioning, making sure our guys are running and getting that conditioning in so that if they are playing a few more plays than normal, they can still maintain good focus. Okay, I want to take a look at the injury report, and you can walk me through it as much as you can. I know, Coach, uh, you know you, you, you keep things close to your chest, and I understand that, but uh, you did have, first of all, you did have four guys go out at halftime, and, and you know, uh, people can call that an excuse, but it is a fact. You had four guys go down, Lanier the second, uh, Justin Herdman-Reed, Miles Brown has been playing pretty good, and Nick Daly went out. How did that affect what you did in the game after halftime? Because I know you had like guys, A.J. Allen, for instance, ran out there and he was in a pass rush role, which really isn't conducive to what he's been doing here. Yeah, I mean, I've seen it happen in a lot of games. So it's certainly, we weren't the first team to have that no. happen to us. Um, so what we just tried to do is, honestly, we just tried to get the right guys out there on defense first, and then we tried to fill in on special teams. and. And you had guys like Corte Moore that were playing now an extra special team, uh, and also playing on defense for Lanier. So, I think I think that's why you saw AJ Allen go out there and take a rep at defensive end. And it's one thing to have four guys go down, but to have four on the same side of the ball really does handcuff you. And I I felt like you know our guys tried as hard as they could in that game against Edmonton, but we just ran out of gas, just didn't have enough in the tank, and and. Uh, didn't have enough to, enough uh, energy to stop him there at the end. Do we have any update on these guys? Like, uh, for instance, Miles Brown, uh, Lanier yeah, the second. A bit. Lanier's a maybe this week, questionable. I think Brown's down. Mm-hmm. He'll be out. Uh, he's got a significant groin pull. Yeah. Um, Daly's going to be out this week with a uh, heel that probably won't won't be right for another week or so mm-hmm. and then uh, Herdman Reigns is questionable. And what uh, what what's with Morrow? It's a it's a knee and without giving too much away do you think you might yeah, have no, a chance of just, he just tweaked it in the game a little bit. We okay. think he's going to be able to play. Okay. So uh, I got a question here from uh 
from uh, Melanie. Before we go to break, then I got a couple of other texts. Melanie wants to know, uh, just she wants you to take her through your uh, your strategy at the end of the game uh, with regards to needing two scores. You and I talked about this after the game, but it's a text from Melanie. So just take us through that strategy. You're down by nine with like a minute to go or so. Yeah, yeah, we're going to try Melanie to score a touchdown, uh, kick the PAT, and then try the onside to hopefully get it back and try a long field goal. Um, we got If we get the third down, we're going to kick the field goal for that situation. The exception is at the end there, we did get to a third down, mm-hmm. and there wasn't enough time on the clock, in my opinion, to kick the field goal because you even if you get the onside, You've got to now score a touchdown, and we we, we were going to be too far back. So once it got under 30, Ballsy, I knew that we pretty much had to score the touchdown on the first drive, hopefully get the onside, and maybe get it to midfield and kick a bomb. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that's why we went for it. If we'd have been third down with 40 seconds left, then I'm probably going to kick the field goal. If there was 20 seconds left, third down, at that point, I realized we needed to score the touchdown, kick the PAT, hopefully get the onside, and get in field goal range. It just would have been too far to get a touchdown. Boy, uh, however you want to slice it, though, looking at some of these games this week, it's it's wacky how the CFL is eh, in yeah, the last in the last three minutes. Fun. I mean, I watched the BC game. There wasn't anybody in the stands at the end. Everybody went home. They thought the game was over, and then voila, here comes the BC Lions back and scores on the big field goal return and scores late to beat to beat Ottawa. And, and the folks that were there were treated to quite the comeback. Yeah, for sure. And then you had Winnipeg miss uh, an extra point and Hamilton run it all the way back for two points. It really is. I said, and you've coached both, uh, uh, Coach Craig Dickinson, I think our game, the three-down game, is far superior in terms of the rules and everything like that. Yeah, it's more exciting for sure. It really is. There's way more ways to to win a game, way more ways to, to lose a game, and it, it makes for exciting lead changes back and forth and, you're never really out of the game in, in the CFL. Where in the NFL, if you got a three-touchdown lead under three minutes to play, it's over. You can pretty much just take a knee. Coach, we got a few more texts to get to. This is a great segment. We're appreciating the fact that you join us every week. We'll be back with more with Coach Craig Dickinson uh, for our friends at McDougal Auctioneers in the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. The kings of Saskatchewan sports talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Funny coach, uh, Coach Dickinson joining us here. Uh, Bob Dice, another great guy in the league, friend of yours too. I sent him a personal message to him, for him to read after the game when it was 37-18. I said, congratulations, Bob, on a great win. And then I had to send him a text back saying, sorry, man, I'm I'm shocked by the outcome. But that's how quick a game can turn. Yeah, that's the truth now. I was the same way. I I, uh, I turned it off. I was doing some work here in the office with getting ready for, for our game and and all of a sudden, somebody said, hey, BC's going to come back and beat them. And I thought, there's no way. You know, and sure enough, that was the truth. Mm-hmm. Hey, I got this from uh, from Brent. He wants to know, Coach. Coach, with the way uh, Jake Dolagala is playing, is it safe to say uh, that he is your uh, he's your guy going forward? This is his team? I, w- I want your answer to that. He's going to keep playing. As long as he plays well, he's going to keep playing. Yeah, I like his poise. I mean, there's still things he needs to work on his game. He's still new to you know getting the regular reps, but uh, I like what he's. He hasn't really he hasn't hurt the football team. Let's say that. No, he's got he's got he's got good poise. He makes good decisions. He gets the ball out of his hand quick. 
uh, you can you can see he's getting more comfortable uh, each and every day he's back there. You got to shake your head sometimes too. Eh? You got you got Sam Emelis behind coverage in two games at home. Uh, that Winnipeg game, he couldn't secure the ball early on in the game after you tried that awesome onside kick, and then he's deep. He gets behind his guy and fumbles it into the guy's arms for an interception. Yeah, that was kind of a bad break, wasn't it? You know, he he, he was trying to make a tough catch and he kind of kind of uh, tipped it up in the air and. Ended up getting in the hands of the guy covering him, but those things happen. Credit to Edmonton for being close enough. You know, good things happen when you sprint to the football, and their defender was close enough to Sam that he was able to take advantage of that. That's a thing too. I people don't like to hear it when I was saying it earlier. I said, watch out for this Edmonton team. These are professional football players on any of these teams. There's no when you get to this level. There's no crappy players or you know you know oh he's a crappy coach or he's a crappy player. They're, they're professionals. They that's, deserve they deserve to be here. That's right. The talent the talent level is not much different from the top teams to the bottom. It's just usually experience and it's usually just just a guy here or a guy there that might make the difference, but everybody's got good players and and everybody's dangerous, and I think you're seeing that in the CFL this year. Everybody can beat everybody. And, uh, yeah. It looks like a very balanced league this year, and it's been, it's been fun to coach and it's been fun to watch. Okay, so uh, this one from Marlene. She comes to a lot of practices and games. You, you'd know her. Uh, she says, hey, just ask Coach this. Who or how does the six-game and one-game injured uh, list work? She goes, it makes no sense to me. For example, Mason Fine on the list from August 20th to September 3rd uh, off the list but goes on the one-game list for September 9th and 15th. Why take him off the six-game and put him on the one-game? Can you explain that for her? Sure, sure. The six-game... Is designed to be to be used for players that are, are uh, have sin- significant injuries or players that have injuries where you're not sure when they're coming back. And because because they're on the sixth game, they're not eligible to practice. So there's a, a penalty to the team, and basically it, it prevents teams from putting guys on the sixth game that aren't actually injured in such a way that they should, you know, that they won't practice for a while. And if you got a guy with a hamstring or a back or any injury where it could be a concussion is another good example where it could be a couple of weeks, but mm-hmm. it could also be six to eight weeks. You put them on the sixth game because it protects your club in terms of the salary cap. Their salary does not count against your cap when they're on the sixth game. And so it's, it's a way to protect your club from having a guy on one game injured for four or five weeks. And then you're looking at yourself, and you just just basically racked up five weeks of salary caps against your cap when you should have put that guy probably on six. So most teams, including us, will we'll err on the side of caution. If a guy's got an injury that could be anywhere from four to five weeks, then we just say, you know what, we better put him on the sixth game. And uh, if they heal faster than we expect, we can always pull them off. And then at that point, their their salary their salary counts against the cap. So it's just a way to. A way to protect you against uh, possibly losing a bunch of uh, cap space by having a bunch of guys on one. This is what makes Rider Nation so great. We got a text here from Murray Ord. He's a longtime uh, Rough Rider fan, 65 years, and there's a lot of them listening right now out in Alberta. He's sending a text on behalf of them, and he's like, can you pass this along to the coach? Um, 
you know, people were expecting a lot, maybe a two-back set with Morrow and Hickson. We haven't seen a lot of Hickson injuries ratio. We've talked about that, Coach. I know Hickson took the majority of the snaps here, but what's going to – you know yourself, you got to win on the road here if you don't have a home playoff game, obviously, and you got to be able to run the ball. Uh you know, uh, you're just your thoughts on the running game, and, and and according to Murray, ask the coach: Will we be able to work these two guys onto the uh, roster at the same time in the same formation? The answer to that, Murray, is yes, we will. Uh, whether it happens this week or down the road is yet to be determined. Um, you know, the, the one thing about the both of them is they're such similar backs. It's a little bit of a redundancy to have them both in the game because mm-hmm. they're both. Very quick, smaller guys. It would be one thing if one was a big, big strong back and the other one was a little more of a jitterbug. But the answer is to that question by Murray is, yeah, we will put them on the field together at the same time. We have certain packages. We actually have a package uh, named for those two guys where we actually have. It's a specific two-tailback two package. We just haven't been able to do it because we've had a few injuries. We've had to juggle our roster on defense. And, uh, unfortunately, that second American running back, He's usually the first guy that comes out if he uh, comes back back off the roster if you do have injuries. So, gee, I'll keep your fingers crossed, Murray, that we can do it. I would love to be able to do it as the year goes on. Hey, uh, speaking of running backs, your thoughts on Thomas Bertrand? Who don't? How do you how do you see him developing? Is he more like a fullback, or do you see him kind of? I don't want exactly, you know, uh, compare him to AJ Olet, but a guy with I think he's got a little more hop in his step than a traditional fullback. Yeah, I think he's similar to LaFrance. Remember Keenan LaFrance, yeah. who we had here. He's really a tailback. He's a downhill runner, uh, probably more of a, a true tailback where you hand him the football, but big enough, strong enough that you can use him as a fullback. And so uh, he's gotten better every every game, every week. He's a, a hardworking guy, smart, does what you know, does what he needs to do to get better, and and uh, has been just a real nice addition. He's had a, he's had a great first year. Yeah, and you know, I, I kind of like him. I was going to compare him too to a, like a Neil Hughes type, right? One of those guys with the you know, because yeah, Neil Hughes had the same comparison. type of talent. Yeah, that's yeah, a for, good comparison. Yeah, for sure. Okay, coach, I'll let you go. We'll see you this week, and uh, yeah, best of luck in Ottawa. Hopefully, we can uh, get her on the right track. Thank you, and congrats to your son. They gave Boise all they could handle this last weekend, it looked like. Yeah, it was. They were what, 10 minutes to go in the game. They were only down by uh, 10. It was, uh, it's uh, it's uh, interesting football down there. David, Benef- yeah, David, Benefield, David Benefield's kid actually plays on Boise State as a safety on okay. the other side, so that's yeah. pretty cool. So <laughs> Anyway, take care, man. I appreciate Thanks. it. Thanks, Baldy. Take care. Yeah, that's Coach Craig Dickinson joining us for McDougal Auctioneers. When we come back, we got uh, Pat Chat and Luke Molitor joins us on the other side. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Sports ticker 534 for Busy Bee Overhand. There's two games in the National Football League tonight. A double dip in the NFL, and the first game is underway right now. The New Orleans Saints in Carolina to take on the Panthers. Seven minutes remaining in the first quarter. Still no score in that one. And then later on this evening, in fact, 6.15 p.m. kickoff Saskatchewan time. The Cleveland Browns in Pittsburgh. The Steelers getting set to welcome the Browns in a big AFC North showdown. Football night tonight. Let's head ringside and check in with the oldest major junior hockey team in Canada. This is Pat Chats from your official voice of the Regina Pats, 620 CKRM. Pat Chat is for the Canadian Brew House. They've got a great menu down there with jalapeno poppers, 
and those candlestick fries that I've personally had and really enjoy. Got a great patio that you can still enjoy while the weather's still conducive and all the sports under one roof like two Monday night football games. But we are talking hockey and the Pats finished their preseason schedule on the road in Prince Albert, falling 4-3 to the Raiders Friday inside the Art Hauser Center. Pats fell behind 3-0 before scoring three unanswered goals, two coming in the third. Zach Stringer got Regina on the board. Ty Spencer scored twice for Regina, but Ryder Ritchie's second of the night was the winner for the Prince Albert Raiders. So now we are off to the regular season where the Pats begin it on the road on Friday in Brandon. Their home opener is the next night, Saturday, against the Saskatoon Blades. We're your voice of Pats hockey with Dante DeCaria right here on 620 CKRM. That's Pat Chat. You're listening to the radio home of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Michael Ball with you getting set to uh, try to hook up with our color commentator, Luke Molander, on the Western Pizza Hotline. Uh, And I think we'll go right to him. Okay, Mullender, will your will your team be able to beat real football teams when it counts? What's the uh, record of your uh, L.A. Chargers? Uh, terrible. Terrible. Yeah, all right then. Don't worry about it. Okay. Don't worry about the five-time champion Dallas Cowboys. I can't wait. I can't wait. We are going to have a – we're going to come up with this huge bet because we play you guys this year. I can't wait. Yeah, we're going to beat you guys by like 40, dude. You guys are terrible. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, we'll be introducing a new color commentator on the Rough Riders Radio Network this week. Uh, hey, uh, let's get, I can't argue it. I just can't believe it. The Chargers, check this out. This is the most Charger thing. You know what? You know what, Luke? I will agree with you. No team in the NFL, like the, the Chargers have the worst loss every week, every year. Check this out. Justin Herbert threw for over 300 yards. Keenan Allen had over 100 yards receiving. They sacked Ryan Tannehill five times. Derrick Henry didn't have 100 yards rushing. They lost 27-24 in overtime. And they're the only team to score 50 points ever in NFL history in their first two weeks, not turn the ball over and be 0-2. That is the most chargerish thing ever. Oh, yeah, man. You guys are, like, you know, Keenan Allen is your best receiver, and he's like 85 right now. Like he's going to be gone in like by next week. He's going to get hurt. Mike Williams is going to go down. And then you guys are really going to be bad. Oh man. Okay. Anyways, uh, thank God you're traveling a day later, so I have to listen to you on the plane. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about the. Uh, you know, now that I let it marinate for a two days, uh, Luke. That rider loss really pisses me off. Like I, I, I that was a horrible gut punch. Yeah, man. You know what? I think that uh, it's one of those deals where you left Winnipeg after getting blown out there, and you're like, okay, you know, we just got to get it all back on track against an Edmonton team that's playing really well. And that's just up until the last four minutes of that game, it was a great game. And, and you just, you know, to be honest, the, the rider losses that that they have right now, you could, you could attribute sort of, you could attribute to those those losses. Oh, sorry. Sorry. You can attribute those losses to like the last three minutes, right? I think that when you look at the riders overall right now, 
unless they're up by a lot. Oh, that last three minutes, man, they're 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 not that great in that that scenario. And and there's two things that you got to be able to do if you want to win a great cup. You got to be able to win on the road, and you got to be able to navigate that last three minutes of a close game. And so far, that's been a challenge. So hopefully, you know, the team continues to learn from it. But uh, this is an Ottawa team that continues to just give games away, right? And uh, you know, you and I were texting back and forth, Baldy, about the uh, the decision making that um, Bobby Dice is, mm-hmm. has, has has been known to to flummox, and and I think that at some point for Ottawa, there's going to be one of these deals where one of those games where it's like, guys, we got to put everything together. This has got to be a 60 minute effort, and why wouldn't it be against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders? Right? They're a team that struggles on the road, so I think they're going to get a, their their best effort to date. And, I mean, this is a team that should have beat B.C., right? So it's no cakewalk in Ottawa right now, and, um, and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders got a lot of figuring out to do. So they're going a little bit earlier, get some more rest. We had Coach on to talk about that. Playing the Ottawa Red Blacks, like you said, you laid it out perfectly there, but they have not been good the last three games. And part of it, Luke, is they can't run the football. Running the football, that it does so many things. You take it to the other team. It takes it takes, uh, it takes takes heat off your linemen who are always uh, in the rocker step to pass protect. It gives your quarterback more time to throw. It does a whole myriad of things. How do they fix this run? running game with five games to go. Yeah, and that's that's the big question. I mean, like, how do you do it? Do, do, they haven't been traveling with uh, with two tight ends and two full... I mean, sorry, they haven't been traveling with two fullbacks lately. That's mainly due to injury, right? So it's not like you can throw out uh, a tight end and an H-back all the time. Um, you bring a sixth offensive lineman, maybe you, maybe you throw him in the mix as a, as a tight end uh, for, for your bigger packages. Um, they were really challenged last game, though, right? When they lost those, uh, when they lost those, those four defensive linemen, they said that, hey, you know, it affected the way they rolled out their goal line defense. But again, you know, sure yardage, sometimes there's defensive guys on those teams too on the offensive side of the ball. So who knows? I just think that it's got to be an attitude. You got to be ready to just physically impose your will on your opponent. And the other thing is too, you know what? Let's get some quick hitters out, right? Let's let's get some quick hitters, not necessarily to the far sidelines, but maybe just to the hashes, right? I mean, uh, you've got a guy like Sean Bain, I, I, and I know this isn't that's not a run thing, but I really think that the Riders, one of their one of the things right now for them is they've just got to fight to get into within second and five. They're a real good team, but it's that second and seven plus situation, and that's that kind of like nobody would be, you know. Notice, I, I mean, when we when we uh, when we won the Labor Day Classic, right? Yep. I mean, Morrow didn't have a ton of yards in the Labor Day Classic. As a matter of fact, the most majority of his yards are through the air, right? So nobody cared then. We won, right? It's just one of those deals that when you lose, you're like, ah, oh, you look for things to point at, narratives to create. But one is glaring is just a lack of rushing yardage, right? And again, that's attitude, that's intent, um, and it's also coaching, right? You got to mix in the right place. But the, the the other problem is th- there is no running the ball if you're down, right? Um, if you're down like you were in Winnipeg, you're not running the football. You know, I, I know that. Um, coming into this Edmonton game, everybody was so up in arms about not running the football in Winnipeg. When? When were they supposed to run it? They were down by like 35 by the first quarter. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the game script's got to go your way, too. But that's why you got to fight. It's got to be a focus and intent the minute the whistle blows in the first quarter. So uh, what happened to the defense, Luke, the last couple of weeks? It's like I jinxed them. I said they have a championship defense, and then the, they just collapsed. 
Yeah, and and it didn't look good, right? But here's the thing. Um, you just you're looking at the fun. You're in your last third of the season. This is when you have to be playing your best football going in, right? And I think that it's good for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders to be in this scenario of 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 um of a sense of urgency, right? I looked at the standings yesterday, man. Those Eastern teams, I mean, those Eastern teams are coming on a little a little bit, right? And and Lord forbid we have a, a crossover where an East team comes West, right? But I mean that's one of the scenarios that could potentially play out here for for the for the West of it. And I'm not just talking about the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, right? So so I think that right now this team just needs to find a sense of urgency. I mean, with when it comes to the defense, obviously you gotta get healthy, but man, one of the biggest things is who are your leaders, right? Who are your leaders and what are they putting on film? Who are the guys that are sprinting to the football, regardless if it's a first down? Who are the guys that are busting their tail? Even if they're on the other side of the field, who are the guys that are doing everything they can to get to the football? You got to look at those guys and you got to point, coaches got to point those guys out. Hey, this is the effort that we're talking about, right? This is the effort when it comes to getting to the football and then go from there, right? You got to be physical up front. We all know that, but man, more importantly, it's just like the run game. It's an intent. You've got to put it on film, and coaches need to be able to point to it and say, that's a guy right there who's trying to win a championship. Everybody, we need. if you are looking, if you are looking for what type of football player we need, this guy right here is exemplifying everything that we want to do um, when it comes to pursuing this great cup. Those are the guys that you got to look for, and there's a couple guys out there, hmm. right? But you're, you're just going to have to look hard on the film. In fairness, I had mentioned on the broadcast, after the broadcast and on today's show, I, I don't know, if I was Coach Dickinson, if I was in his spot, I probably would have kicked the field goal earlier to give yourself a chance for a touchdown because he needed two points, so or two possessions. So I, I, I questioned him there. But let's go to that Ottawa game for a second, okay? I love Bob Dice. I'm glad he got his first chance coaching in this league. But he that's the second game he cost his team in this seven-game slide that I remember. The one here, and then that one. You have no reason to kick a field goal there. Luke, Luke, can you lose a team by making a decision like that as a coach? Well, yeah, the, the, we've seen it twice out of Bobby Dice alone. I mean, you know what? He's got that. He needs to lose. Listen, Bobby Dice is a great coach, but he needs to lose that special teams mentality ASAP if Ottawa's going to make some noise there in the East Division, right? Um, you, you just you have you can't think all the time from from the perspective of of, of getting points as a defensive core or as a special teams coordinator. And I really feel like that's one of Bobby Dice's problems. There's no way you need to do that. Punt the ball, put it on your defense, right? That's uh, you know, and that's the most frustrating part is people think that oh man, you know, teams don't want to touch trust your defense on winning teams on teams that want to ha- that can, uh, have the ability to get to the great cup those teams want those defenses want to be in that situation where they want to make a stop right they know the opponent has to score they know the opponent has to drive the field it's motivating put your defense on the field let them do the heavy lifting and then if the offense goes back out there um if, if the defense forces a turnover then you run the football right like yeah for some reason i'm not sure why bobby dice did that but again uh, it, it's Karma kind of comes back on you, right? Uh, it was it was a terrible decision, and and it was it was, and, and many in that Ottawa organization are probably having deja vu about what the same type of decision he made here in Saskatchewan. Uh, I see Luther's laughing at Bob Dice. So I'll let you go, Luther. You have a great day, okay, Luther? Okay, Luther, you have a good day, okay, Luther. Okay. See ya. See ya, Luke. Take care, bro. 
All right, fellas, we'll see you Thursday. Take care, man. That's right. <laughs> I love it. Uh, puts a smile on your face. Uh, what's the score in that NFL game? we got two tonight. we got Carolina and New Orleans in the crappiest division in football, the NFC South, and then we've got the Pittsburgh-Cleveland game in about 40 minutes' time. 3 nothing Carolina. Oh, what a barn burner. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Both these games are going to stink tonight, I no, think. Cle- I think Cleveland's going to beat Pittsburgh, actually. Cleveland's for real, man. You watch. The Brownies are for real this year, and I said that. They're going to push for the playoffs. I don't like Deshaun Watson. He's a horrible human being. But if he plays competent football, they've got enough great players around him, a great defense. They're going to be a good team this year. You watch. You watch. Anyway, uh, we'll take a break. Be back with some rider audio from practice to wrap up. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. The Sports Cage is your locker room pass. We're talking riders on Saskatchewan Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Well, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are licking their wounds. They were back on the practice field. I'll tell you what. I, truth be told, I tried to make Derek Moncrief our game star because he was flying around, but he was too busy getting attended to after the game and couldn't come. So I, I made... Uh, C.J. Revis as our defensive game star. They were both good. I love what Moncrief's been doing. He's a stud. Here's Derek Moncrief after practice. We just didn't play for uh, uh, four, four quarters, you know what I mean? We didn't come out and execute, and uh, that, was a, that was it. So we got to uh, come out this week, just uh, be 1-0. and Looking forward to Ottawa, though. How, how do you fix that? What do you do as a players and yeah. everything? Same thing. Just take the same approach each and every day, but just increase the focus because you always want to uh, trend up going into the playoffs. Uh, we just got to take care of this uh, this game right here one day at a time to prepare. Was increasing the focus yeah. specifically on stopping the run a little bit more now? Oh, yeah, no doubt. Stopping the run, uh, playing the ball, uh, trying to force turnovers and things like that. So we just got to play. Just got to come out and play physical. <clears throat> what's, what's just been happening with the defense? Yeah. A lot of rushing yards given up over the past yeah. two games. No, you guys don't want to see that. It's all about focus, man. It's all about focus, and uh, it's all about the will to, you know, impose your will on the other team. Uh, we just got to come out and do that. You guys had success stopping Dustin Crum when you played him here. How do you guys yeah. replicate that again? Uh, it's a new game. Uh, he's he's way more comfortable now. He's played a few more games. Uh, he's at home, so he's going to be really comfortable. We just got to come out and play physical, muddy up the looks, and get the ball back for the offense. How much of a different runner is he from Trey Ford? Obviously, Trey's probably a little bit quicker, it looks like. Uh, different type runners, you know what I mean? More straight line with Crum there. Uh, Trey Ford was a little bit more, little bit more shifty, so uh, just looking forward to that challenge. You guys open up with a pair of road wins but since struggle. Has there been any kind yeah. of trends with these recent road win losses, sorry? Uh no, I really can't say. You know what I mean? Every game is different, you know what I mean? Whatever it's location or whatnot. But uh we just gotta come out and play football at the end of the day, man. Uh we're looking forward to this opponent and we gotta trend up going into the playoffs here. You guys feel you got a good start this week in terms of day one for practice? Oh yeah, no doubt. Today was good. Uh we just gotta carry on to tomorrow. Uh continue to watch film, continue to prepare, take care of our bodies and uh come out and come come out and come ready to play Friday. <laughs> so, Derek, what did you learn? from the adversity to end last season to bring into this season to yeah. be better prepared for it? Man, just every day, man. For me, in that, in that weight room in there, uh, it says champions are built here. And every day I looked at that. Uh, nobody was in there, 5.30 in the morning, 6 o'clock, whatever it was. And I, I put myself in those situations where right now uh, I got to stand up. I got to be a leader for this defense. I got to play better. And uh, you're going to see that. Every game's always feel like a yeah. must win. You guys always say that, but you how know. much do you feel that to try to return to 500 here and not drop too low in the season? You know, we, we just got to come out and prepare like we're doing today. We won today, got to win tomorrow, and then keep stacking the days and, you know, get to game day and just let it all hang out and have fun. 
Jesse Forrest got a couple games now under yeah. his belt. Starting safety. How do you think yeah. he's handled anything so far? He's pretty good, man. Just uh, you know, you just gotta get your feet wet. The CFL game is way faster than college and stuff like that. He's been picking it up. Uh, it's my job to continue to uh, help him grow in that position, and uh, that's all I'm doing. Is safety one of those tough positions to learn as a rookie? Oh yeah, it's tough, man, because you see a lot, right? Offenses like to mess with you, especially if you're a rookie, right? So uh, for him, just continue to watch the film, continue to practice hard, and continue to listen to Coach Clunn. How many positions can you play on defense? I know you're expecting to yeah. try a different one this game. Man, I'm everywhere, man. It, wherever, whatever it, it calls to be. If somebody goes down, I can play whatever. So uh, I can do everything. I'm a Swiss Army knife. You never know. Just pay attention Friday. Right. <laughs> what, uh, what's the biggest difference from Sam to safety if you do make that change? Well, you really just you're making a lot more calls, checks and stuff like that. You got to make sure everybody's uh, in their right spots, man. And that's the biggest thing, right? Communicate. For me, being in this defense for what is my fifth year in the defense, uh, I understand the ins and outs of the defense where you can take chances at and when guys need to be. So that's a big, a big job for me to do. What are uh, the other defensive players when you guys are meeting together? What, what, what are you guys talking about? Man, we're just talking about our jobs, right? right? So when we're watching film, we're talking about we're going through the whole call, whatever the front call is, what how our run fits need to be, if they pass the ball, where the drops need to be. So everybody got to be on one accord. It's like a triangle with our defense. So it's, it's one link chain. Yeah. I know when we talk to you, like obviously we're talking to you after the fact, but yeah. tell me what it's like during the game when y'all are trying to talk about doing your jobs and make adjustments. Yeah, we just come, you know, uh, you can't really talk that much on the field. You can say something small, but you get to the sideline, you try to make adjustments. So each and every drive, we, we come off the field, we got to make those adjustments, look at the iPads and, you know, try to do that. Did you guys have a message this week, or you personally, to the defense about mm. trying to be a little better going forward again, stopping the run game? No doubt. Uh, we know what we got to do. We got to be physical. Uh, we got to do our jobs at the end of the day. Uh, one guy can't do it. It takes all 12 doing our job. We got to get to the football. We got to be violent when we get there. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, and Derek Moncrief joining us. Hey, I was watching some of your Facebook uh, memories there when you were the coach, uh, quarterback for the Riffle Royals. You were slinging the rock with Matt Dominguez as your OC. Well, I wish he was our OC. Oh, he, he was our he was the position coach oh. because for some reason uh, we had another guy in charge. Oh. I thought why uh, wasn't Matt Dominguez the OC? Yeah, if, you, if you're listening out there, I won't say your name, but you know who you are. Like <laughs> you were, you had like great Aaron Rodgers ball fakes. You were rolling around. You were slinging the rock. Yeah, I could have. I could have little string. Bean out that's there. That's right, man. Hey, Tom Brady. Uh, Tom Brady was slim. That's right. And Sean Kleisinger, Tom Brady Tom, in the same sentence. Tom Brady was uh, skinny fat. Like, he was skinny, but he was fat. Yeah. If you saw I his said, shirt I off said, in his combine. So what am I? I'm, I'm, I'm skinny. 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 Okay. You're skinny, skinny. That's right. Skinny, skinny. That's all right. That's actually kind of a cut down. I hate when people used to call me skinny, too. You got skinny it's, legs. It, it, it's the equivalent to calling somebody fat. It, it is, really is. It is. And it, I got called skinny all the time. It, it. Oh, me too. My whole yeah, life. Yeah. I'm a string bean. You're you know? skinny. Like, yeah. Hey, uh, speaking of this, this guy's tall. He's muscular, but he's tall. He probably got the string bean thing. Hmm. Here's Jake Dolagala. Jake, after the game, you said feelings weren't good in the locker room after the loss. How was the response today out in the practice field for you guys? Oh, it was great. A lot of energy. Guys are focused. They're flying around. Um, yeah, I feel really good about today. How do you guys kind of just turn the page on that one? It was a tough loss for you guys. It really hurt a lot of the players to just get right back on to focusing on Ottawa here. Yeah, that's it. We just got to focus on Ottawa. That's the only thing we're worried about. We've only started one road game, but have you noticed any recent trends in terms of the road losses for you guys? I didn't really notice there was a trend, to be honest. Um, no, shouldn't affect us. What does maybe Ottawa do a little bit different defensively than what Edmonton brings against you guys? Um, you know, I think they got a good defensive front. They, they're they're uh, pretty stout against the run. Um, 
but you know we got a couple game plan things we got we got um, going in this week so I'm excited about the plan um, and yeah just looking forward to get after him. How do you feel about your play in general now that you've had a few starts uh, under your belt? I feel solid but I could always there's always room for improvement yeah. right um, and you know that's what I plan on doing. Is there any particular areas you want to improve on or do you think you need to improve on? Uh, we got to stay on the field. How much comfort is there, you know, we talked about ahead of your first start getting the reps, the number one reps at practice all week now that we're into, you know, five after that. How comfortable is it for you? Does it feel like it's it's natural now or does it feel like it's still something new? Yeah, no, it's natural. It's natural? Yeah. The offense has had a hard, harder time running the ball a bit. How does that affect you guys and your job specifically? Um, you know, we'd like to be able to run the ball better. And I think I think we got a good plan in this week. Um, you know, it's going to help everything for us. It's going to help our play action. It's going to, you know, it's going to soften up those linebackers a little bit. Um, so, you know, it's going to help, and we just got to get it going. One forty-eight of a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> Jake Dolagala talks with his arm. He doesn't really like talking to the media, and I think you saw it right there. That'll do it for our time. We'll be back tomorrow. By the way, Zinger and Blaine Wyland got the show Wednesday and Thursday because I'm on my way to the nation's capital. I, tr- truth be told, I'm there to call a game, but Trudeau would like my advice. So hey, It's your first time there. Yeah. It's your first time. Yeah. Are you excited okay. to go up to oh, TD yeah. Place Stadium? Oh, I'm, well, I go to TD Place Stadium. and uh, Going to go to the Parliament Building? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think the Conservatives want me to run yeah, the party. So. I think so. <laughs> anyway, that'll do it for us. You're a time. sick man. That'll he's do- not going to come back because he's going to be in office. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I'm going to be in office. Listen, right now. Wearing his blue. Who wouldn't want Michael Ball running their country? <laughs> we got to get off the air quick. Today's sports page has come to a close. Miss a segment? Download or stream the podcast now at sportscage.ca. Get your sports straight from the source. 620 CKRM.